Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't like blood It's our third episode of Shark Weeks, and it's going into the third dimension. Yes, this is the Shark Weeks 3D. Too bad none of the characters have more than one dimension. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who had the most uh, dimension in Jaws 3 dimension, would you say? I'd say Jaws Jr., the great white that gets captured and killed. Yes, I was thinking too, one of the sharks. Yeah, or the the lady doctor. And I don't mean like doctors can't be ladies, like I have to classify it yeah. that way. I just mean the character who's a I don't remember her name. Dennis uh, uh, Quaid's uh, Kathy. And Kathy. Dennis Quaid's character is Mike. So that means they're playing one of your aunts or uncles. Everybody's got an Uncle Mike. Named <laughs> I do. I, I have an Uncle Mike. I have an Uncle Mike and two Aunt Cathy's. Two Aunt Cathy's? Yeah, from uh, the same side. Wait a minute. Okay, I know people come here when they come for the Jaws 3D. They want to know about my mother's lineage. And they want to know within the first 60 seconds. <laughs> okay. <sighs> my mom is one of nine. She has a sister named Kathy. And a brother, Joe, who married I a woman see. named Got Kathy. you. Okay, good. I have an Aunt Carol. Does that oh, I think close? I think Carol's a great aunt name. But here's the thing. Somebody's sitting at home and going, my mom is a Kathy. My right. dad is a Mike. Thank you very much. I'm a Kathy, someone might be saying. <laughs> right. I am a Carol. Yeah. My Aunt Carol, when my sister was young, couldn't say Carol, so she'd say culo, which took us years to realize that was asshole in Spanish. <laughs> and one time we were down in San Diego where she lives at a street festival, couldn't find her, and we were all walking around going, culo, culo. <laughs> Did anybody like raise her hand? Everybody, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, 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 similar uh, to like, made up words not because i couldn't pronounce nachos it was just like my onomatopoeia 
word yeah. for nachos. This is kind of gross when I was a kid. Called them gushy gushies. <laughs> You know how cheese melts on the chip? Not the nachos that you dip into the cheese, yeah. but like melted cheese yeah. on. They're gushy, right? Yeah. So what are you going to call them? Gushy gushies. You have to. Yeah. Have you ever had a meal of hot brown and gushy gushies? Oh my gosh. It sounds like it's in a toilet. <laughs> hot brown and gushy gushies. Why are we starting off with this toilet humor? Why am I? Should you I didn't ask? do this. Okay. Look, this is the episode of With Gorley and Rust where we tackle Jaws 3 in 3D, and we're going to probably have to find ourselves on some tangents. I'm just saying, I don't want to speak for you about this movie, but it was, um, this thought occurred to me yesterday that there's this classic institution of a burger joint in Pasadena called Tui's. Tui's? Yeah. And they have something called the Stinko Burger, mm. and there's a little guy on the menu holding his nose, and I think even on the sign when it was the original place, and he's just going... Oh, Stinko. <laughs> so he's using his like uh, thumb and yeah. middle finger. Above, like his arm is arced over his head. He's coming down onto his nose going, yeah. oh, Stinko. Or that's like a word woman. bubble or the, what he's saying is the name of the yeah. place. So that's an interesting choice that they want to uh, 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 make their food look bad. <laughs> it's called the Stinko Burger. It must be the onions. I it's a little know. bit like, I don't know if this is where you were going with the comparison, but it's a little like, SeaWorld wants to put their name on this company. Why? Yeah. yeah. Like, why are they calling this place Stinko? Are they, okay, but what were you saying? Just that during this movie at times, I was going, oh, Stinko. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe I, I made such a toilet joke and was vulgar and vile because this movie is a little vulgar and vile. And I don't mean just the, the words they use. I just mean in its crass commercialism. Yeah. Really, I'll say it. Yeah, we'll get into it. So listen, just to get through the business of this, and we'll do this quick. That's right. It's with Gorley and Rust. You can find out more on our Patreon at patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Feature length commentaries, mailbag episodes, bonus cozy tournament episodes. Ooh. Got one coming up. Fun. Um, and uh, merchandise as well. All of that available on the links in your show notes. That's right. Hey, well said, Gorley. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, oh, and th that red bubble, huh? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. where the merchandise is. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lots of red bubbles in this. Yes. Is that where you're heading? Did I? Oh, did I cut you off? You did it. I, I, I just said red bubble, and then I was like, why would I say red bubble? I guess maybe I could say something about the, and then you, uh, like well, a like a true partner, <laughs> Jaws the thought. Jaws becomes a giant red bubble at the end of this movie. Yeah, should we just uh, begin with the ending? Uh, let's talk about how Jaws <sighs> yeah. becomes a big red bubble at the end. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also want to talk about, you know, we haven't really had a timeline issue on these Jaws films, but I do no. think there is a family tree thing that we could be tracking, you know. How about equivalent. a family coral reef? Oh, that's better. A family kelp forest, yeah. <laughs> Where we would normally do the timeline and write it out on our on my window here mm -hmm. for Halloween and Friday. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a clear lineage thing going on here. Well, specifically in this movie, they talk about it. So our little theory from last episode, it has some credence. Uh, uh, Clearwater. <laughs> uh, Until it becomes red-bubbled. <laughs> clear, credence, Clearwater, red-bubble. Red bubble. <laughs> 
and Clearwater is a place in Florida where they film this. So seriously, uh, yeah, oh, I think shit. there's a Clearwater, Florida. So let's Florida give, is really, yeah, yeah. So let's give credence to that Clearwater where they probably have some revivals and red bubbles and a big red bubble. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 go on, continue. Well, okay. Jaws Prime from the movie Jaws, nineteen seventy-five. Right? Mm-hmm. He's he's Jaws Prime. Jaws Prime. He unfortunately deceased in nineteen seventy-five after eating an oxygen tank and a bullet at exactly the same time. <laughs> and yeah, and after that, uh, sort of mean-spirited sheriff told him to sarcastically smile. Yeah, and called him a son of a. I'm not even going to say no, it. No, don't. He didn't. We're not going to sink to that level. Also, Josh just thought he was posing for a photo. He didn't know he was going to be killed. <laughs> With like a prop. You know, like when you uh, maybe yeah, you yes. do a school photo holding a giant pencil. <laughs> or That's- a current day wedding, God damn it! <laughs> a mustache on a stick. Did you? Oh, have you seen some of those? Oh, lots of that's big for weddings now. The bride and groom have mustaches on sticks, and they hold them up to their face. They're they're in the photo booth, so anyone can use them. Or little hats and masquerade. Uh, okay, I, I have been to one of those. Okay, there yes. you go. Yeah, yeah. But now, now the more we talk about this, I am starting to a bit fall on Jaws' side because also last episode we talked about this. Jaws is not evil; he's just trying to make a living. He's just trying to put food on the table. Yeah, he's just trying to make a living. L I. V-I-N apostrophe. Yeah. That's how, like, he's just trying to make a living. <laughs> so, Jaws Prime dies in 1975. We established with all fact and credulity that Jaws 2 is definitely Jaws's wife. Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Jaws. Mrs. Jaws. Or Ms. Jaws. Yeah, sure. Then we head into Jaws 3, and I can tell you for a fact that that first shark that everybody thinks is Jaws, even the viewer... Is a male because I saw his little claspers. Oh God! <laughs> I'd, I'd rather you use the most like vulgar term for uh, uh, male genitalia his than the claspers. Ball grabbers. Yeah. <laughs> Trigger warning. Claspers. Yeah, you can. Uh, people can't see this because this is a podcast, but I'm barfing all around the room right now. <laughs> Stand by me style. It's weird how raspberry color it is. Yeah, I just got done eating a pie contest narrated by Will Wheaton. So So we know that this junior Jaws is a boy. But here's the crazy thing. Then they say Jaws' mom is loose in the lagoon. But we already know Jaws' mom is dead. She died because she ate on a power line at Cable Junction. Jaws Prime fucking has a mistress. Oh, a little uh, side jaws. Yeah. He has a little pied de or apartment in the city where he goes to make, you know, exercise his claspers. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, like a true funny man. If you find something that makes somebody kind of recoil, you got to keep pushing that button. I get it. It's good. Claspers, claspers. Okay. So, oh boy. So I don't know where part four is leading because I haven't seen this, but we know that the family coral reef is Jaws Prime in the middle. (laughs) To his left would be Mrs. Jaws. There'd be a line connecting them. Uh Then to his right would be Uh a line connecting uh, Jaws Mistress. And, and, uh, okay. And that's the Jaws 3 one. Yes. And then there would be a line coming down from Mistress Jaws and Jaws Prime to Jaws Jr. or Lil Jaws with a little beanie and a propeller on his head. And and both the Jaws is in this – I'm picturing a 
kind of like um, diagram graphic and like the two Jaws 2 and Jaws 3 great whites both have lipstick and eyelashes <laughs> you know it's very old timey gendered and, well yeah and the Jaws Prime is like wearing a, like a fedora yeah. <laughs> and he has a like pencil thin mustache yeah yeah I'm gonna maybe do up this graphic when, when the <laughs> please time comes. yeah yeah and I don't know if that pencil thin mustache because he just got out of a photo booth at a wedding reception, it perhaps? is. Yeah, so well, he maybe. was at the wedding of <laughs> of, his own. of Orca and Shamu, <laughs> Shamu and Mamu. Now Shamu's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Cam Camu Camu. Uh, no, I'm saying oh, a cameo. A cameo. But it was always confusing to me that Shamu was in this movie because as a Southern California kid, especially at this time. It was, it was, Shamu was down at San Diego SeaWorld. Yeah. So they were really doing kinda, a Gallagher, Gallagher 2 situation here. Yeah. Or a little bit of the shoppy ball Santa yeah, logic. And I'm it like, hurt. Let me tell you, it stung. Claspers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought this up, Gourley, because this is literally the first note I have. And sometimes what happens is as I'm watching the movie, I'll, I'll have notes as I watch. But there'll be just like general, hey, want to say this at the beginning, primary thought that I think of during the movie. And yeah. then I put it up top. Let's have and it. this is what I put up top. It's exactly what you're bringing up, which as I was watching this, I realized when I was a kid, either through the explanation of my parents or just dumb kid brain connecting like things, trying to, your best to connect it, or I was trying my best. I believed all of the Jaws's, each Jaws was the child of the one before. Now, I'm not saying oh, this is the no, canon. No, I get Because I like our yeah. canon of the coral reef. We're that would with make that. more sense. <laughs> no, well, it, does it? Because the claspers. Yeah, and thank you. Oh, gross. And <laughs> there is precedence for um, absolute nonsense in the timeline of people aging. Case A, Mike Brody. And uh, his distinction of being able to transmorph into an entirely <laughs> different looking person. And never mind Mike Brody. Sean Brody aged like 10 years in a day. Uh, yeah, Sean Brody went to sleep uh, one night, woke up Pete Holmes. <laughs> I was thinking he had main guy and body double energy too. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah, Pete Holmes is better though. But look, here's the thing. I... Really like uh, the actor who plays Sean in this. Yeah. I, he's a great stage presence, mm -hmm. uh, screen presence. So when I compare him uh, to Pete Holmes, that's a compliment. Yeah, fair that's enough. Just want it to be known. Yeah. Um, but he looks like Pete Holmes. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, uh, uh, now, what were we talking about with the- uh, Well, you're saying son oh. or, or daughter lineage, the, the offspring of- yeah, I think whenever I watched these, I was like, now that's not the first Jaws, right? Because it blew up. And they're like, no, it's Jaws Kid. So maybe in Jaws 2, it was like, that's Jaws Kid. And then when I watch Jaws 3 or in the mix when I'm watching them, I'm just always assuming. So that it pre presumes each of the whales are um, 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 uh, ladies. For me, but as a kid... If I think each one is the mom before, oh, the sharks. Did did I say whales? Yeah, and oh. now uh, oh the main, main lady in this movie really gets on Dennis Quaid for keep calling the whales fish, and so 
now you're calling the fish Gosh, whales. I, I hope the character Kathy isn't listening to <laughs> Kathy, this podcast. That's what I was trying She's going to gonna be so upset with me. Um, yeah. So uh, she's in Venezuela. What do you got to worry about? Oh my God. The Venezuela subplot to this movie is so good. I, I did think that part when they're in the like aquatic welding shop or something. <laughs> Those words. <laughs> and, uh, they're talking and she goes, you know what? I think I am going to go to Venezuela with you. I wondered if, do you think anybody, <laughs> watching this in a movie theater in that moment stood up and went, yeah, <laughs> got what I came for. <laughs> She's going to Venezuela guys. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> just the most like perfunctory, like, yeah, they're just, I guess it's to give that couple who's been dating a year and a half, some sort of obstacle. I guess, but also can a great white go down to Venezuela too? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think they're uh, encouraged. Yeah. Um, Tax breaks. <laughs> so this does seem to I, – I'm curious. I bet a lot of people who who I, I'm just going to assume who watch Jaws, they got to figure out their own narrative yeah. about where these sharks are coming from and are they related to that first ding-dang Jaws? Yeah. Is there truly revenge involved or is there just like you said, an environment that's arisen in these places that is conducive to sharks feeding? Yes. Um I'm fully in on on just this connection. I think the family thing, whether it's the children of or the mistress and the children of, mm -hmm. just feels right to me because these movies get sillier and sillier. So we might as well attach this to it. You know? Yeah. Do you think it's like then when you when it's the the connection between like familial shark? Is that um, what am I trying to say? Is that like hmm? Their revenge or whatever is communicated. Like, is it passed down through memory? Like, or through an animal brain memory? Inherited trauma kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Or is it like, as they're dying, they send out some sort of like squawk of, this is where I am. Come here. You can see who murdered me. That seems like what Roy Scheider was saying in the last movie. Right. Yeah. And it does seem like a family member would be the first to respond to that, not just a shark. Because they're not tribal, right, sharks? No, right? I mean, a pack of sharks, but that doesn't... It's more like a feeding frenzy. Like yeah. they're there to feed, not because they travel in packs. Oh, yeah, because like, they are like solitary. And, yeah. yeah, and yeah. like mammals travel in pods. By the way, when she's getting on him about calling whales or mammals fish... What's the bigger like societal uh, beef people have? Is it calling whales fish or sea mammals fish, <laughs> calling monkeys apes, or calling um, Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein? <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, I it's hard for me because with all three of those. I just love to let people know when they're wrong. <laughs> I know it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I know. If it's a a great grandparent sharing a story about when they were a young child and went and saw Frankenstein in the theater and yeah. they thought Frankenstein would follow him home and Crushed. they go, Oh, you mean the doctor? You old, you're dumb. You're nearer death than me. Um, Theoretically. That never um Yeah, I uh I've I've definitely heard all of those before. I've never uh 
expounded on them. And I've never corrected too. I, I'm with you. I'm like anybody that needs to take the time to do that. Again, it's that whole thing of they're just trying to show what they know, not really. Who's, what's yeah. the whose glory? What, 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 yeah. What's the quote? Ask yourself, why do you seek the cup of Christ for his glory or for yours? <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, I think huh, the monkey one, I think that that can be... Uh, but Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. I get that's I the big one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, do you think if Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster said, "Hey, we really care about this," then I would like, oh, listen and and respect <laughs> that. But I just feel like it's a lot of people. <laughs> that would be amazing if Frankenstein himself, and by that I mean the monster. Yeah. Was like, personally, I don't care, but I feel like Frank, Dr. Frank, Victor Frankenstein should get the credit for this. I don't, I feel bad. I'm getting, uh, my, honestly, my name's Mitch. <laughs> I mean, my name is actually Mitch, Henry, Sheila, Steve, Patrick, and De- Doug- <laughs> Douglas. But I go by Mitch. You can call me Frankenstein. Just know he did all the work. Oh my God! When you mentioned who all of Frankenstein's different body parts, I would love uh, like a movie where Frankenstein goes and Frankenstein's monster yeah. goes and visits the families of each person he's a part of, <laughs> so they get like a day with their dad's arm. There's his mole. Oh, I remember Dad's mole. <laughs> sure, wish I could see his face. You didn't want to use that, huh? Ooh, what if there was a Franken Jaws where they oh. they took all the bits and blown up parts of all the past Jaws and oh sewed them up together? He'd look like a Jaws quilt. <laughs> Ooh. Wow, Franken Jaws. Yeah, That'd if somebody incredible. had a stuffed Frankenjaws on their couch and you could kind of snuggle up to it, that'd be nice, oh, like a doll. That's a great idea. Um, Frankenjaws, hey. Um, oh, just got an email. Gorley, it's been greenlit. <gasps> We're making Frankenjaws in your pool in the summer. And then we can get mad at people for calling the shark Frankenjaws when, in fact, it was Dr. Frankenjaws <laughs> who just happened to have that name. Yeah. <laughs> It does make me wonder when Dr. Frankenstein made the monster, everything about Frankenstein looks human except that flat-topped head. <laughs> what was, was that from a human who had that or did he put like some kind of steel blade in there or what? What is that? And those bangs and those bangs. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if, uh, yeah, Dr. Frankenstein was like, okay, last part I need to get is the top of the head. Uh <laughs> threw away all the other bodies. Maybe I should have saved one of their tops of their heads. But never mind. I'll just use the last grave I got here and depend on that head for Frankenstein's. And he opens his own. He's like, a flathead? Oh, no. Or he was getting it out and he's like, uh, uh, I, Igor was like, Master, could you hold my anvil? <laughs> yes, of course. And he drops it right on the head. Well, I guess that's a good explain why Frankenstein's monster's eyes were stuck out, <laughs> only held up by eyeball lines. And, and the and first cr- time he got struck by lightning, he went, Oh, oh boy. Well, that's pretty silly, but hey, so is Jaws 3. Really? Uh, One other general question I have is, 
Um, I think these movies have done a good job in going into descending orders of quality. Oh, and I'm curious yeah. to see if So you don't four, get the reverse bends? Yes, yes. As you like slow, like it's like if you were scuba diving, you can't just go straight to the bottom. They're like slowly yeah, with each But sequel. it's going to be a hard coming back up. <laughs> I'm having a hard time thinking Jaws 4 is going to be worse than this one because it's at least got Michael Caine and it's not 3D and set in, you know, the theme park. Although don't get me wrong, I loved that oh, world. Oh, the best part set. of the movie is yeah. all the theme park stuff yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, this is a... Uh, I had the same thought when I was watching Jaws 3. I was like, could Jaws 4 be worse? Is this is that possible? Yeah. Is that just logistically possible I don't, that a, another movie could be worse? It'll be a real feat if it is. Um, Here's the thing. If it doesn't have... You're right with the Michael Caine of it all. The fact that uh, the actors who play uh, Michael and Kathy, who are the center of the movie give pretty good to good acting performances Mm -hmm. and would give some sort of naturalism to the proceedings. Yeah. That was the thing that was most helping me stay tethered to Jaws 3 despite all of its badness. Yes. I was like, I'm seeing good actors here. And so if Jaws 4... But with the cane of it all, the yeah, cane of it all, maybe maybe it won't have bad acting. Maybe like for some reason that that was the only thing that kind of kept it from getting yeah. total trash. The danger though is this is smack in the period of Michael Caine's "We'll do any movie and phone it in." Mm, now yeah. even his phoning in is better than a lot of people's. You know, I'm okay. showing up. Yeah, but <laughs> I think we're at peak. This might be peak Michael Caine phoning it in. Ooh. If there's such a thing. Well, because, right, the, the, I was going to say the lore, but maybe the lore suggests not true, but this is true that like he, uh, couldn't attend the Oscars to accept the Academy Award for Hannah and her sisters because it was during the five days or something a week he was scheduled to appear in Jaws for the Revenge. That blows my mind that he was doing Hannah and her sisters at the same time in this movie. Because when I say that this is peak... No, but here's the point. I think that I agree with you. I think Michael Caine would even say, he took that Woody Allen movie as a job. Yeah. You know, I think it was just like, oh, Woody Allen makes a movie a year. I'll, uh, I'll act in one. Right. And what I was going to say that, I think what you're... Uh, I agree that Jaws 4 might be like the in the midst of the pivot that Michael Caine doesn't even know he's in because yeah. after that it seems like late 80s up through the 90s until now he's been like totally restored as like a yeah cuz he had he had um Dirty Rotten Scoundrels which hit right. pretty well but yeah in the late 80s and 90s he was doing actually a lot of TV movies you oh, know shit. so there's the the Harry Palmer trilogy, the Ipcris file, billion dollar brain funeral in Berlin in the sixties and seventies. But then in the eighties and nineties, they did a couple of TV movie versions of that franchise. And he was just kind of there. Yeah. I haven't seen them, but I can only imagine. Is it like maybe late nineties cider house rules when he got nominated? I think, yeah. Yeah. Back to full glory. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because Jaws, Jaws the Revenge. That was not a comeback. No, that was a... That was a keep going. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, oh, oh, the what? Uh, right before we, uh, we, we were talking about that, it was so funny that yes, these sequels are just like getting worse and could f- for be worse. This is a great question to ask ourselves right now. Uh, I did the the question of sort of um, Jaws remembering them. Why are they coming back? Why are they attacking this particular uh, Brody family? <laughs> Uh, like the point that it seemed the most absurd to me was when they were in the bumper boats and out of all the bumper boats it could go, it like, and the bumper boat, like Aerie was like the equivalent of the original of like, dad, I don't want to sweep, swim in the granny pond. It's like an area you don't even think Jaws would go into. So it's like surprising and shocking that he, I mean, obviously it sucks at Jaws 3 when they do it, but like, uh. So it's a surprise that Jaws would go out of the lagoon in that way, into the bumper boat area, first of all. But then that he would intentionally seek out the one that Sean Brody is in. That just seemed... That was the point where I was like, what did the Brody family do thousands of years ago <laughs> that they have this like ancient curse like attached to them uh, with sharks? I think it's because also Ellen is in part four. It makes me think that... The Brodies have some kind of chum pheromone <laughs> or something that they <laughs> – I don't know. I really don't know. I God, I want to do a portmanteau of pheromone and chum like because I know that there's an M in pheromone that we could maybe get chum in there. A ferrochumone. Chumamone. Ferrochum. A ferrochum. And it must be on the maternal side because <laughs> – <laughs> because I can't remember are either of the two sons in the fourth one. I don't know. I know she yes. is. Oh, so it could be paternal. Either way, the fam- Jaws Coral Reef family tree is responding to something in the essences of the Brodies, or like you say, it's an age-old curse that's been put on one of their lineages. Either way, this is clearly established. I think if they have some sort of chum pheromone – it's like, hey, this could have never happened if Jaws didn't have the ability in it in his um and her uh aqua a uh, 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 coral reef t- yeah line family line. They could, that could have existed on their own for centuries, and it would have never fully become enacted unless uh, until they went until the Brody's chum yes. pheromone yeah. came into these waters. The only other option I can think of is that they have some sort of cosmic energy that the, the shark's ampullae of Lorenzini is picking up on, that electrical sensor. Oh, yes. Their electrical sensor, like the Brodies are giving up some sort of like, fuck you sharks energy. Yeah, which is why all these, you know, women well, are attracted to them. Well, or is it- <laughs> So tough. Come, come, come here, Jaws energy. Maybe come they, hither jaws come, energy. Come hither jaws energy. <laughs> and that's what they're picking up on. I didn't think we were going to have that much to talk about for this episode, but I'm always so pleasantly surprised. <laughs> well, these were the conversations people were having when they were walking out of the theater it for must Jaws three. Did the family give off an electrical energy <laughs> that attracted the shark? I'm fully expecting Jaws four to answer a what that Jaws is in the family lineage Mm -hmm. and whether or not this is a chum pheromone 
or a come hither, literal come hither electrical energy that the Brodies are giving off into this water that attracts these sharks. I think we'll get answers for both. I think so too. And even if we're looking for them and force it into there, we will get, <laughs> come back next episode, we will have an answer. Well, and when you say Jaws family, like hopefully we'll get an answer in the Jaws family. I realized like, I was like, are you, is he talking about the Brodies or the sharks? And it's like, aha, precisely. This is just a story of two families. <sighs> two houses, both alike in name. It's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Each story is really a story of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, my God. Except neither of them really fall in love with each other. But. I mean, it's all there. The mayor is the, you know, prince. Uh, you've got... This is uh, oh well. Here's the thing: you bring up yeah. the mayor here. Yeah. I was thinking about with Jaws three. No mayor equivalent character in this. It should be Calvin played by Louis Gossett yeah. Jr. Here's my hunch. Yeah, SeaWorld, even though they're insane morons to want to promote <laughs> their their theme park by saying sharks will come and kill you at it. <laughs> uh, I think maybe they were like, hey, if Louis Gossett Jr. is the face and. Uh, uh, um, person who runs and owns SeaWorld, he can't be the mayor of the first two Jawses. He can't be saying like, "Yeah, I don't care if it's dangerous, keep it open. So he has this kind of weird, like not ill-defined character where it's like, I don't know if he's pro SeaWorld, pro his own interests, pro the Aussie. I uh, think he is, but they didn't do a good job of of that. And yeah, the the filmmaker guy... <laughs> Is kind of also uh, somewhat in that role, but then not quite. That's yeah. what I mean by one-dimensional characters. You really can't. nobody, yeah, nobody there is the like. We have to keep the park open. It'd be crazy for us to shut this. Which kind of seems like that's part of a a good Jaws story. Yeah, I agree. It's like the drama between the humans arguing whether they should let a Jaws stay around. Yeah, like it should be just great white shark get out of the water, but the obstacle in many ways other than the shark is this person saying, no, get back in the water. Yes. Yeah. And that wasn't really, I guess it's just a little bit more removed with this underwater aquatic center where they're like, get back in the tunnel. Yeah. It's not going to ever attack people. Unless you're in a bumper boat and you've got chum pheromones. Yeah. Or if you're in a single room of the underwater tunnel yeah and it's filling up with water yeah uh there is a so much to dig into or uh, to dive into yes uh with this uh uh movie i just wonder if i had any other yeah do i have any other general general thoughts um oh oh so you said you liked it as a theme park uh i was like thinking okay i like disaster at theme park movies yeah so Westworld before it, uh-huh. uh, Jurassic Park after it, right. which is interesting if you think about how like when we talked about the first Jaws, it's like, oh, Jurassic Park is a little like Jaws at a, but a dinosaur in a theme park. So you kind of have this like Jurassic Park style movie with Jaws 3. Oh yeah. And that's right. And one of the new uh, Jurassic Parks had a big dinosaur shark, didn't it? Oh really? Yeah. I didn't and they see do the a big new, um, jump out of a, an aquarium. Thing. Oh, can they jump synchronized bookends like the last shot of Jaws 3? The optical effect of the two dolphins coming in 
<laughs> oh my god like that's the sort of shit that it's like can it get worse than jaws for i learned a little something about especially one of those dolphins who they call sandy yeah sandy yeah sandy and in the in the movie sandy's a she but in reality that's a, a male and that's capricorn and he's 50 years old Holy still with us he's still with us according to the latest update so he was a young and up-and-coming actor this was his big break and for all we know, he was then went on to be in 2010, uh, Flipper. Um, now, when you said this was his big break, it made me wonder, how did he get discovered? Do you think he was at like a um, a, a malt shop eating and then a casting director came in and was like, who's that? Oh, he comes in here. He's, it's Capricorn. He's got it. What are you, a Gemini? No. I'm a Cap. It's my name. Fuck you. You're hired. I like it. You got moxie. <laughs> now, I think you may have mentioned this before, but that this was originally slated to be a spoof called Jaws 3 People Zero. Yeah, National Lampoon's yeah. Jaws 3 People Zero. And it was Spielberg who vetoed it, like you were theorizing last week, mm. and said he would threaten to walk from Universal if they did that. Whoa. And so that pissed off the producers of this movie, who then walked from Universal. Oh, Brown and Zanuck. Yeah, and did this without Universal... Even though Universal did... Wait, did Brown and Zanuck not do this one? They did, but I think... I read something where they kind of walked from Universal, so maybe Universal just distributed it. I think it was independently produced, Uh, which explains a little bit of the old uh, budget. Yeah, really low budget. I mean, that first uh, the uh, Jaws 2... Was thirty million dollars? That was a huge budget. Like, it, and yeah. this one I think was eighteen million. I did notice when they were like pointing out the model for the underwater uh, uh, little pavilion or whatever that yeah. is. Um, they were like budgeted at thirty four million dollars. I was like, was that a little subtweet about Jaws Two's budget? <laughs> and how like we can do it for a lot cheaper? Turns out we can't. <laughs> no. Uh, now, not to entirely uh, shit on plankton on the um effects but because uh, 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 they're truly just awful there were a couple i'll cite them later moments where i was like these are really good jaws effects and it's when jaws yeah. is underwater it's true the big the big final jaws yep when they have like a shot uh on his back i haven't seen that in a jaws movie yet where it's like you see his full back and it's kind of looking out. So the tip of his nose is sort of at the bottom of the, it's like you're looking through a windshield and seeing the front of a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like moving through that. I was like, that looks really good. Yeah. And then not when the Aussie filmmaker gets chewed up, cause that's pretty dumb. But <laughs> when the uh, control room fills up with water mm-hmm. And one of the people, he comes up and he just munches on a body. There's one part where it looks a little dodgy, but there's another time where like a body's getting eaten up underwater in Jaws' mouth. I was like, that's like the best Jaws has maybe looked in these movies I agree. Yet. All the yeah. head stuff looked really good. There was that one shot of its when its head was stuck in the control center and you see it from the outside in the body and it looked really cheap with just foam rubber creasing. I saw that yeah. part where I was just like, God, they never thought this was ever going to be on video or no, something. like. I know. Uh, yeah, like, let's just squint and maybe they'll notice this uh, puppet. Um, but yeah, all in all, I mean, really just terrible, uh, effects. Um, uh, the last, um, general note I had was, um, there's some times where it's just like, you can tell 
they didn't want to deal with like shooting in water or it's like so tough to do. So there were like times where like, there's a part where Sean and uh, uh, Kelly, Leah Thompson's character have a conversation near the end. And they're just like in total, like lopped off, just kind of sitting in the water. The camera's pointing at them. It just seems like they're like, let's just get this. I hate, uh, it made me think, I think maybe we've talked about before how, a sequel can maybe be like a cover song of the original where like Mm, it has to be close enough in the original that you're not going like, well, what are you doing? You're just totally taking away what we love about the original song. But if you don't do something different with it, then it's like, well, why are you doing a cover? Kind of a Halloween four to Halloween one. Yes. Ratio is kind of, that's sweet. Yeah. 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 Um, But uh, I was thinking how, Jaws, you know, had this infamous, difficult production. Yeah. But when you watch Jaws, it makes it look so easy yeah. and effortless because, like, <laughs> a genius is making it. Yeah. So when you watch movies like Jaws 2 or Jaws 3 and you can see, like, oh, that was a difficult thing they had to pull off and they just, like, gave up and didn't do it. I was thinking, you know, it's a little bit... I'm not, like, a big Jimi Hendrix fan at all. Yeah. But it's kind of like... If a high school band was going to be like, let's play Jimi Hendrix songs because it looks so easy or it sounds like it could be easy. And then you sit down and you're just watching like yeah. the worst incompetent shit. <laughs> I know. Can you, Is am I right that this director only did this film and never directed again? Or? Yeah. He was like the production designer yeah. and associate producer, uh, of one and two. One and two. Yeah. And Revered is a production designer. Yeah. And there were some shots where I was like, oh, it looks cool. Like a production is like, like the aforementioned aquatic welding shop. I was like, that looks cool. And yeah. It stuff- does yeah. suffer from the fact that it had to be shot with 3D in mind. So the cinematography <sighs> was more angled towards that than looking good necessarily. I love Friday 13th 3D. Yeah. Um, But even on these new Blu-rays I got that are like 4K scans, 3D prints just look so shitty. Things are like yeah. a lot of times out of focus. I guess that's the thing though. When they have to turn them back to 2D, there's a process that they use and then the, the sides of the frame get blurred a lot. Yeah. It's something to yeah, do with that. Yeah, that weird kind of blurry, smeared things on the edges and then sort of fuzzy and out of focus and – not all the time, but sometimes it also just feels like wobbly. Like things are kind yeah. of like wobbly. And to watch them is like a drag. <laughs> I know. And this one, I don't know if it was just the version I was watching, had all kinds of grain, but not film grain. It was like dirt or something. It was yes. It was weird. Yeah. Maybe it was plankton. It could be dirt from the mud hole show that comes up later. Oh my God. <laughs> How could I not immediately think of Gorley with the mud show? Brothers? I want that whole mud, the brothers mud hole show, whatever that is, whatever this Smokey and the Bandit music infused clown mud hole acrobat water ski show is. Was that really a show at SeaWorld or were they kind of like, let's just throw everything into this since we don't have to show the whole show. People will just be like, put it together? I don't know. I wish it had been like a last 
that Jaws 3 would have embraced the performances at SeaWorld and done like a last waltz version where uh, like they just take like an eight minute break to show oh, you the like the mud guy show. God, I will love that. I think they were the actual shows at SeaWorld. Probably. And so we're getting sort of like a document. Yeah. Too bad your boy wasn't there. I know. I know. I don't think he did. Did he ever did. do SeaWorld Aquatic? Not that shows. I'm aware of. He was all knots in Universal. And then when he moved to Vegas, I don't know if it was in in terms of entertainment or I don't know what, I just know he worked at the best Western Mardi Gras hotel. Oh, in, in, in Vegas. Yeah. The best Western Mardi Gras hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. But now maybe someone can knows more about this, but See, I, the, as, uh, his name, I'm sorry. Bob Rochelle. Bob Rochelle. Bob Rochelle. I don't know that that, hotel was even the type of hotel that had shows to my knowledge it isn't i could be wrong about that i would love to think he continued to do some show but for all i know he went and just managed to that hotel i don't know uh do you know what i hope for what when people search google search bob rochelle the autofill right under for it will be gorley uh Matt Gorley obsession. <laughs> yeah, like Matt Gorley's quest. <laughs> Gorley's quest, yeah. Okay, I didn't want to say obsession because that sounded like a pejorative. It's Gorley's quest. It is quest. an obsession. No, 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 no. It is a quest. It's not even pejorative. I mean, I, I haven't been this obsessed about something in a long time. I really uh, What is at all wrong with that? God damn no. it, especially in quarantine. Sometimes oh, yeah. you'd be just jonesing for uh, a new thing to dig into and have interest in and I think you you might be able to relate with this too is like the older I get the more I just accept the fact that I have a bit of obsessions you know mm -hmm. like and I don't mean to say like it's OCD or anything like that and I think I probably do have elements of that too this again is not a pejorative not. it's really acknowledging that with myself and yeah. that I think it's actually something I've learned not only to embrace but realize that's what gives me joy is is this uh, yeah. trail of being obsessed about this guy and also enjoying how trivial, not saying he was trivial, but how, how trivial a thing, a trail it is to go on to find something so, so, uh, I don't like just that has random treasures. in my past. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. I think I'm more fascinated by random serendipitous trivial obsessions than I am to say like, like a, a lot of people get obsessed with, meaty and worthy things i find myself going in lark like obsessions i don't know why no i i hear you totally i i, I think it, it can be for me that like also if a particular era that i love and have a fascination about i just i feel like oh i exhausted the pop culture elements of it like i know kind <laughs> of everything i could know about 1988 to 1991 and or whatever and then you find out that there was this little pocket of it that like you see a movie poster for a movie you never knew existed it's just like that's very cool oh, my dream is some sometime a listener will go oh bob rochelle i knew him and go what can i tell you you know? I hope we don't get Rochelle catfished. I know. See, that's the problem by saying that is someone somebody could goes, be like some weirdo goes yeah. like Bob Rochelle was my brother. Yeah, and then and then we're hanging out with that guy. And we go. Remember when we'd go to the peach tree dance <laughs> with Bob Rochelle? And that person would go peach tree dance. Hey, just just so we know, if you're thinking of Bob Rochelle catfishing, there are things I do know about Bob Rochelle that I have not revealed that other people may not know. So. 
That's you're gonna good. have to. It's like if you find the a detective, find a wallet. You know, you're gonna have to say like, "Oh yeah, what's in this wallet?" Before you get it. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. <sighs> oh. A Ranger Rick subscription card. <laughs> Um, when I just said Ranger Rick, I might have told this story before, and this is not at all uh, a tangent whatsoever. It is we don't completely do well, we don't related do to Jaws. We don't. Do, we don't do tangents. Uh, this is a short, tight podcast where we don't do tangents. Don't do tangents. Uh, we don't do tangents. <laughs> We're not gonna do them. Don't do tangents. Not gonna do. Uh, so why? Uh, I was uh when I was a a young man till this day. Always cared about my mom's feelings. Aww. I want my mom to feel good. I don't want my mom to feel sad. This is adorable. So she got me a subscription for Ranger Rick, and it broke my heart as a second grader that I wasn't into Ranger Rick. Oh, I did this with National Geographic and my dad. Sorry, go on. Okay, so yeah. please, the yes, this will. I have I, a feeling I, we're about will to... line up. Yeah, where. You know, I just wanted to read Mad Magazine. Yeah. And my mom was okay with me reading Mad She encouraged that. So it wasn't like, uh, I have to hide Mad Magazines. Yeah. It was just, I'd get these Ranger Ricks like once a month. And I knew I would never read them. But it started eating at me. Like my mom feels bad. Because she would, when I'd get them, she'd go, Hey, I got a Ranger Rick. Why don't you read it? Like she was trying to get me into it. Wait, she, would she buy them personally or you had a subscription? We had a subscription okay. so they'd come in the mail. Yeah. Uh, I think we probably got it through like a book order or something. And so what I would do, I would be like, I'm just going to get it done when it comes in the thing mailbox. And Paul, I, this I would, is crazy. Oh my God, this is so funny that we co-host a podcast because <laughs> we're the same personality. Uh, the I would go into my bedroom, flip, find an article, and memorize like one factoid, you know, like... Uh, 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 bird. You know, it's a misnomer to say that birds are. You eat like a bird because birds eat a lot. And, and then I go, got it. And I make a direct beeline from the bedroom, my bedroom where I read it, to like the kitchen where my mom was, and just go, Mom, I heard that. Um, if you eat like a bird, that's not true because birds eat a lot. I heard that oh from Ranger God. Rick. And then in my mind, checked off that box. She knows I read it. Now we're done. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course. And I'm sure she saw through it. She She's must like, have, oh, Jesus. But what, she must have, like, Mad that probably meant more to her, though, in oh, a way. Oh, that's a nice way of thinking about it. Yeah. That's yeah. so crazy how close that is okay, to mine. So my so my dad me. got me a, a subscription to National Geographic. <laughs> I didn't really have a huge interest in it. And every year, he'd say, you still reading those you know you don't have oh. to but you still and i'd always go yeah 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 and he would continue the subscription for me now when they would come i would flip through them and i would look at every page as quickly as i could to satisfy my own guilt that i was doing what he hoped i was doing i never reported back to him on those but i satisfy did your guilt but also make you not a liar then if he yeah. asked you are you still looking at them and it was like, but it I was look so at them. yeah it was so crazy who was i fooling because i wasn't really taking them in i wasn't all that interested in them now i'd eat them up and i just had a stack of you know yellow bordered national geographic magazines <sighs> Corley, that is wow. perfect. Oh now, my God. Do, do you think, um, 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 uh, like your dad was just trying to be a dad who was like encouraging, like you know, if a dad buys Playboy for a, 
<laughs> what dad would do that? But you know, sometimes there's naked photos yeah. of this National Geographic, oh, yeah. so I didn't know if it was like, no, I never thought young man, I'm one. doing you a favor. I don't. That is the grossest thing I've ever <laughs> said. <laughs> that my to to a buddy. I bet your dad was trying to get you a boner. <laughs> To bring it back to Jaws 3, yeah. what set of brothers one makes out with the other, um, like with his girlfriend at the table, while the oh, other yeah. brother at the other side of the table has a girl he just picked up, yeah. and he whispers to her, they've been dating for a year and a half. It's like, Especially what? after picking up by her, by playing some kind of mating ritual called standoff? What is this? Standoff. What is this? Have you heard? I've never heard of standoff. No, because I'm not insane. <laughs> and the, oh my God, the asinine presumption of this movie to assume that we know what that means. So when they do the flirty version of it together, I'm yeah. like, I don't know the rules of this. Yeah. I know that the, what the rules of pool and golf are. So when somebody does like the flirty, like, I'll show you how to yeah. play pool. Yeah. I'll show you how to putt. I'm like, I get it. They're playing. This is the flirty, the version of the thing I know. I don't know the thing to know the flirty take. I don't know, but I want to put that that sequence of Leah Thompson and and Pete Holmes doing stand up standoff against Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze in the ghost, you know, pottery scene, and just see the relative levels of of chum pheromones happening. (laughs) Is she picking up on... That's the other thing. Does like Leah Thompson and Kathy, do they have... Kelly and Kathy, do they have chum pheromone receptors because clearly they're responding to some of this energy or do they have the ampullae of Lorenzini or do the Brody guys have claspers? Sorry, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) It was a question that was going to be asked eventually in this... While we watch these Jaws movies, everybody knew I was going to ask to the Brody sons. Better we get you. Better we get rid of it. Better we get. Uh, rid of and it. Mrs. Brody, she has to have some sort of chumone yeah, <laughs> receptor yeah. mm-hmm. that brought her originally to Roy Scheider's front yeah, door. I mean, she's out there in at least two movies going want to fool around. Maybe the third and the fourth one we'll see. But she's her chum receptors are on, uh, high, you know, DefCon. One. Do you think she wears the blue bandana on her head as a way to kind of like like a tinfoil hat to stop the chum receptor? <laughs> it's signal? too powerful. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta just get some things done in a day. And that explains why the woman in Jaws 2 who like dumped the gasoline on her head was also wearing one. <laughs> she was sick of being slave to the chum receptor. She wanted to die. It's coincidence that Shark was there. <laughs> oh yeah, that was pure coincidence. Yeah. Wow. Psychoplasmics. Psychoplasmic. Should we uh, take an Oz uh, three? Uh, three? Oh, oh yeah, that is tr- troublesome. Well, no, what that is is I do a two, but I'm not going to do a two. I'm going to do a one. We'll do a one and then cut off midstream and then do another one. <laughs> okay, or I do half a poop and a half a pee. Gross. No, that's a. That's a 1.5. Then I would have to do a 0.5 and do a half a P, which I, I'm willing can you? to. Yes, okay, I can. Yes, you. I will do that. So we'll do it. Oz 3. We'll be right back. With Corley and Rust. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With Hello, Michael. Hello, Sean. <laughs> yeah, we're the Brody Brothers. That's right. For and, this uh, podcast. You probably already knew that because you could smell the chum in our blood. The chum in our blood. The chum in our blood and the chums in our relationship. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Or isn't that the tooth with this <laughs> Jaws guy? Um, now, should we just get into the movie? Yeah. Um, now... Uh, logo Loco. Yeah, that's the first thing on, on my uh, notes. It's different. It's different like I've never seen. And I've never seen again. I Is it purely the, the 3D version oh, of the job of the Universal logo? What other... Because this was a big time for 3D. You know, you yeah. had like the 50s, then yep. you had the early 80s, and then you had the, you know, early 2000s. Ooh, the, did that perfectly line up with... Mm. Every okay, so the with Halley's Comet, <laughs> was it like 55, 56 <laughs> was the first 3D? I think maybe was it? Um, Buana Devil, I think was the first 3D movie. Lana Devil, a Buana, oh, Buana Devil, and then I know Dial M for Murder was that was 3D, was made for 3D to be 3D, and by the time it came out, it had already sort of passed. Oh, so, like, wow, it was, it wasn't as like, um distributed as a 3d movie did they ever put that out after the fact I in 3d warner brothers did release like a blu-ray 3d for oh. when they were doing those big time and then yeah 82 83 is kind of the so that's almost like what 25 years yeah and that was like this friday the 13th space hunter um uh one of the amityvilles i think was a 3d oh, right. did they ever do a a 1D movie that's just a line down the center of the screen. <laughs> um, I'll bet yeah, there's an 80% yeah, chance a, I made that joke. It was Gigli. <laughs> I bet there's an 80% chance I made that joke on the Friday the 13th Part 3 episode. I want somebody to find it and then run them in parallel. Yeah. So that they can kind of be like in separate stereo channels. Oh, yeah. Know. 2D. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, look! I love the one D joke. That's just a single line. Uh, n- uh, and then yeah, then there was the Avatar sort yeah. of um, period, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, that was the most egregious one, right? Because it was yeah. like they quickly post. Yeah, I think so. Post three D yeah. a movie that wasn't ever meant to be and. Yeah, and then all like the Star Wars m- movies, the new ones were for some reason in 3D. That made no sense. Yeah, well, they started re-releasing 
I think Phantom Menace came out in 3D, but then none of the... Oh, yeah. Uh, by that point, then that weird thing happened where I think Disney bought them, and so then Lucasfilm wasn't really able to release the other ones in 3D. So if you were dying to see Queen Amidala eat a pear in 3D, you're out of luck. Uh, a pear flying through the air and being said to her with Jedi powers. God. Um, Damn. That's just a, hey, if you guys want to hear our listen to Return of the Jedi commentary right now, it's available. We yeah, don't talk right. about the flying fruit in Attack of the Clones, but we talk about other things. Yeah, we do. Star Wars related. Yeah, check it out. It's on Patreon. Um, Dot com. Now, I thought we're coming right out of Logo Loco. Yep. That 3D or not, this was an amazing beginning. And I thought, I'm going to remember this film differently. This is going to be a real thrill ride. That chomping decapitated fish head or disembodied fish head yeah. with the red bubble behind it. Yep. I mean, wow. I don't remember that. And whoa, what a statement. It's still chomping. He, Pretty good effect. Yeah. The, which makes me think, is it a real fish head that's still chomping? Uh, it looked like a real fish head that was just like from the, yeah, from the butcher shop. Nearby the special effects house. Fish heads, fish heads, roly poly fish heads, fish heads, fish heads, fish heads. Yum. Yeah. What was the part you started going into? Is it not? Yeah. Eat them up. Yum. Eat them up. Yum. That's right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Was that Turkey TV? No idea. I Turkey TV. I think was like a show that was like Nickelodeon. When they were like just airing Canadian programming, like you can't do that on television. Oh, and uh, pinwheel, pinwheel spinning around. Look at my pinwheel and see what I found. Oh. I think they also had Turkey TV, and that's how our family knew the Fish Heads. Fish Heads song. was that like MTV for parody songs? Uh, well, it was Nickelodeon. Yes. Well, the program. No, it was more like assorted. Cuckoo video bits all collected under a moniker <laughs> called video. Turkey TV. And I think wow. they showed maybe that as a music video in a line of maybe other weird shit they showed. <laughs> now, somebody could easily look up Turkey TV Nickelodeon and it'll say, no results found. <laughs> Paul is cuckoo. I'll Paul is do a that nut. right now. Okay. Even if you do, yeah, I, I wonder if Turkey TV fish heads. Um, We'll know if I was wrong because we have this system set up. If it doesn't come up in your Google results, I get shocked. Like I get an electrical shock through my body. Fishheads, 80s, sorry for the mic noise. 80s MTV video by Barnes and Barnes. Um, Fishheads, Fishheads, the bizarre cult hit song co-written by a TV star. A turkey TV star? Who's the TV star? Oh, wait, was it written by Billy Moomy from Lost in Space? Yes. What? One of the two guys in the group, Barnes and Barnes, was Billy Moomy, who's, you know, Will Robinson in Lost in Space. Dance, dance, Will Robinson. Um, Anything about turkey TV? Oh, yeah. Oh, it had a music video. That's what we remember about it. Fish heads, fish heads, eat them up, yum. Fish heads, 
Yeah. Wow. Is that so? Oh, so that's the video from Turkey TV. I just thought they had. Well, no, this is just the video. I think. But I remember they showed it, and uh, wow. Um. So. Yeah, I thought that three D shot of the fish head. It was like on screen for like I I clocked it. I was lo- wondering how long it was. Six and a half minutes. Are you? Wait, no, no, I'm kidding. Oh God, it, just, it felt like it didn't. It? it was just like standing there, like yeah. Um, I thought it was cool too that the opening was the first time that like jaw. It's Jaws POV goes into a Jaws kill because in the first one it's just yeah. Just POV right. cuts to the forest, forest, camp, <laughs> campfire. Then Jaws 2 is like, his POV is like, couldn't be his POV because he's like tilting up and looking at the divers going over him and yeah. stuff. But this one was like, Jaws is going around. He goes into a school of fish. He munches down on something and a big red bubble comes up with a fish head. Yeah. What an opening. I know. I would have liked to have seen that in 3D. Well, I mean, we practically did with that font, that 3D font. Now, I know. What's that called? I wanted to ask you. What font is that? Yeah. What's the like 3D font that sometimes you see for like Superman? Superman. I don't know. All I know is that I would have loved to have seen the better version of this, which is the Superman titles in 3D. To imagine seeing those (gasps) coming at you would be amazing. Oh my gosh. You make me realize that they're like that effect is trying to replicate 3d without 3d glasses in some way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Man, they should do a Superman and Superman three in 3d. I know. Also, this has to be, I think like the period in movies where it's just like sequels doesn't mean it's special. No. <laughs> like if anything, it's the opposite. Yeah. Diminish it. This ain't no, we're not in the world of Godfather part two anymore. No empire. Yeah. Cause this is like, Superman 3 was coming around this summer, I think the same summer. If you were seeing Jaws 3D and Superman 3 in the theater, I mean, I love Superman 3, but you'd have to be like, these suck. And this is the year of Star Wars 3, Return of the Jedi, which is interesting to note. This is such a fucking early 80s vibe thing of like... We made big bucks. Can we keep making the big bucks? And it doesn't matter at what cost. Yeah. Like preferably let's also save more to make more. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit what's discouraging about when people start kind of like not caring about, I wouldn't put Return of the Jedi under this because I think they do care a lot when they were making them. But like the part threes, when you can tell that they don't care anymore, is just like, they don't get it that it's like, if you just keep making really bust your butt to make good ones. You guys could go on a long vacation. (laughs) I know. This is also Octopussy and Never Say Never again come out this year. Whoa. What was going on that people just didn't want to try new foods? I know. Yeah, no kidding. And now, yeah, I mean, Octopussy's fairly maligned. I like it, but it does have a bit of that. Let's let's rest on our laurels here. Isn't this also like... The Sting too. Oh, it might have been. Wow. And like the young Butch Cassidy, just like some of the feels like it would have also been, I don't know what year it was, but it's sometime around this time, the TV movie Great Escape Two with Christopher Reeve. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my Well, you know what the same year that was almost gonna be a TV up. movie, but they made it theatrical. Uh they decided in pre production, like, hey, let's actually try to make this a real movie is Psycho 2 
was came it 83? Uh-huh. Oh my god. Which is also Universal was just like looking into their catalog. Let's make a sequel to Jaws. Let's make a sequel to Psycho. Let's Great. make a sequel to Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. What's Smokey and the Bandit 3? Is that 1983? Let me look it up. A Great Escape 2 is 88. Ooh. Great Escape 2, T-O-O, right? I <laughs> know I said that with Jaws. It Johnston. is 83, Smoking the Bandit Part 3. And it is maybe the worst. And it's by Universal. So is they it? were making three yeah. Part 3s in 1983. They were going through their catalog going, let's just milk this. Because that, Smoking the Bandit 3 is one of the most abysmal movies ever made. Uh, do tell. It's just, well, Burt Reynolds only does a cameo. So Jerry Reed plays, takes on the persona of the bandit. Um, Jackie Gleason is doing like super offensive characters. There's so much racism in it. It's Mm. just, and it's just so poorly made. And they like, it must've been a skeleton crew and no money. It's, it's rough. And with no Burt, that seems like, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it any wonder that maybe this paints a picture for why in 1983 with the universal Steven Spielberg would write this fake ET2 nocturnal oh, fears not, script because yeah. it's like oh this studio all they do is churn out garbage sequels to stuff that makes them money right and i wonder how much of that is him going like father fucking up jaws i'll give them i'll appease them this i'll humor them that i'm gonna do an et2 thing but just yeah no i think that's it yeah it was like i mean I think part of the problem, if you would call it that, is Universal MCA. Yeah. I think had a strong television arm. I mean, that's partly how Spielberg broke through because he's making Universal television like Columbo and Duel for for Mm. network TV and then can hop over easily into their like film wing. Yeah. But I think that's partly like why the tail wags the dog with these sequels because i think universal with their television arm can like set up syndication packages for their like you can buy all three jaws movies or buy all the Smokey yeah. and bandit movies and air them on your like they're just their choices feel and like they always a lot of their hits movies have like t- quick tv adaptations like yeah that's true um i think there was like a fast times one and stuff like uh. they're just um I think they have a history of maybe being a little like, hey, I don't care because all movies are crass, but maybe during that time at least. Makes me think that if 1941 had been more of a hit, they would have done 1942, 43, 44. Oh my gosh. Or a 1941 TV series. (sighs) What year did 1941 come out? Uh, 79. So that means that'd be 42. We'd be on 1983. is be what they'd be making this year, eighty three or eighty four. Whoa! They'd be making about, the movie about making Jaws three. Yes, and That's, all the other. It'd be kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where they're kind of jumping through to different stories yeah. about each part three that shouldn't be made getting made. <laughs> wow! What a okay. Let me wrap my head around this. Nineteen forty one is a huge success. Universal is all about sequels. Spielberg's young enough that he can't balk at that, so he just every year has to make like Woody Allen a sequel 
based on the a next 41. year a 41 42 and then by the time we get to 2021 he's at 1983 and he's making the movie about the making of jaws 3 3d which is being shot at the time of the of 1940s. So he just yeah. shoots documentaries and turns them into narrative films. He shoots documentaries. As soon as that movie's done, he writes a script based on that documentary, casts different actors. Ironically, he can get Roy Scheider to play Mike Brody off Dennis Quaid's. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. No, that is really good. Uh, can we go there? Can we exist in that world? Someday. <laughs> You'd be, then you wink at me <laughs> referencing death <laughs> this is crazy the the title suggested by the novel Jaws yes That's, also as mealy mouth as the credit shark theme by John Williams oh shark theme why is it not Jaws theme yeah good point because then they have to pay Peter Benchley for coming up with the word Jaws yeah. But yeah, suggestive. So I wonder, does that mean like there was like a sentence in the original Jaws novel that was like, maybe a theme park could get hit up by Jaws 2 once? Uh, yeah, I mean, I That's think I could see where they don't want to do based on a, a novel based on the novel Jaws because it isn't. But they could do what most other movies do. And that's based on, on characters. characters. Yeah. You know, because the Brody guys are in there. Yeah. But suggested literally feels like personification of the novel where the novel is kind of going like, hey, hey, if I were you, I'd do a little thing, something in the theme park. You know, I'm just a book. I don't, I mean, I don't got feet, legs, or mouth. I don't know how you're hearing me, man. But think about it. 3D. Also, 3D's hot. I got to go. I got to go. What the fuck? It'll make your movie look like shit forever, but right now, 3D is hot for these three months in theaters. I'm never listening to a book again. Uh, and that was the birth of the audiobook, my friend. Uh, Narrated by myself. But the music is by Alan Parker and Shark Theme by John Williams. So who's Alan Parker? Um, Well, it sounds like that... British director, isn't there a... Oh, I'm thinking of Alan Parsons. I am the shark in the sea. <laughs> Make a rule. Music by the Alan Parker be... Project. <laughs> the other credit... Oh, please. your mind. Sorry. No. No, no. I felt bad interrupting. No. No, you should have. You were doing the right thing. No, I was doing the wrong thing. Uh, the other, only other credit I wanted to mention is uh, so uh, Carl Gottlieb back to write a third Jaws movie here. Mm -hmm. Writer of the Jerk, director and writer of Caveman. That came up on on. I need to watch that again. I used to love that. Movie I love Caveman so much. I watched it all the time. Ice cubes. Do you remember he pisses yellow ice cubes in that movie? I forgot that. I need to watch that movie again, and I remember. Being so taken with Shelley Long. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, same as you would be taken by Leah Thompson in this. Yeah. Um, but the uh, – so he wrote it, but oh my God, the other writer of this is just like one of the best writers in the world, Richard Matheson. What did he do? He wrote like uh, some of the best uh, uh, Twilight Zone episodes, but he also wrote Duel and mm. I Am Legend like and then um wrote uh uh the Spielberg Twilight Zone movie um mm. episodes uh Richard Matheson like 
three, I think he's come up with like three ideas that have become now like basic plots that people just use now, but he never would have existed if not for Richard Matheson. So like, like what? Like the, um, uh, 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 I just had it in my, oh, the I am legend setup, like the, the man who exists in a post-apocalyptic mm. universe with that is threatening, which, you know, you can maybe say Mad Max would have never come along without like a boy and his dog. Was that, Oh, that might've been before. Um, and I could be totally talking out of my ass here, but he also like the Twilight Zone episode, little girl lost, I think is about a girl who like disappears and is her voice is in the walls. And that's like totally Ooh. poltergeist. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Um, and he wrote, uh, yeah, novels, TV episodes and movies. Wow. He, I think he considers like Jaws three. I mean, he's written so much shit, but I think he considers Jaws three, like the worst thing with his name on it. And I can't see a shred of like Richard Matheson huh. storytelling or character or dialogue in this movie. So I don't know if his name's just on it. And that being said, I don't even know if the script is the worst. It's not the worst thing. It's the, it, to me, it's the execution of this movie. I guess maybe it's right. the direction or something. I don't know. The but. only script stuff that I go that is bad and dumb is the, uh, the Vene- aforementioned Venezuela. <laughs> That's plot. so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. And it just seems like such bad, like, okay, we know we have to have something going on here. So we'll have this like thing we never see. I guess the script is pretty bad too. Cause no, the no. James Bond filmmaker guy. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I-, I agree with you. I think it is an execution thing. If it didn't look so bad and didn't have sequences that were so incompetently like shot. I mean, Jaws 2, it was like, oh, this is a little too workmanlike. It's Mm -hmm. like, they're doing everything they have to do, but where's like the verb? Where's the magic, yeah. And this is just all like messy verb. (laughs) Yeah, messy verb. It's a bittersweet symphony. (laughs) But like the the goofy version. (laughs) Um, and then it starts, yeah, the first shot is the um, the stunt skiers. What would you call those people who get in pyramids and stuff? Aquabatic? Yes. What's that stuff called? Stunt skiers or aquabats? If That sounds good to me. Or, I mean, what's that called? How would you advertise that when they, like, have a billboard? They're, like, skiers in a pyramid. I guess I'd say we're putting on an aquatic extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. And you want to know what that is, you better come check it out. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty savvy in the movie. Like, that's like a a great image for what Jaws 3 is going to be. It's like, yeah. it takes place at a theme park where they're doing stuff like this. And I also liked the shots of a group of people all just kind of like lingering and Jaws kind of coming at a group of people before they can all get pulled away to make a pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. I know that was a a good scene and you, you think more is going to happen right off the bat and it doesn't, but then you get to see some, some more of that action later. Yeah. It did make me wonder if it opened like the other ones do because Jaws one opens right with a kill and Jaws two opens with the, those divers with the photographs getting killed. Like this would have had to have started so much differently. If Jaws ate all those people. (laughs) 
Because I was like, when they got up, I was like, well, it sucks that not one of them died. But then, like, that would just, like, automatically light a fuse for the rest of the movie where it's like, oh, a bunch of SeaWorld people got killed. <laughs> Unless they were all lying in a line and he came up and just scooped them up like a shish kebab and just... <laughs> <laughs> Gobbled them all up and they're all kids who were, like, ran away from home, like, to join SeaWorld. So there's no, like, families that are really know where they're at or, like, <laughs> can look into the missing... So there's no plot implications. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, like a little like Halloween, that guy Michael kills to steal his uh, outfit. Oh, yeah, the tow truck guy. He's got a, the tow truck guy's got a family that's probably wondering about. Yeah, still to this day. <laughs> Do you think, <laughs> yeah, in Halloween, the new Halloween 2 that's coming up, they should have the like tow, dr- tow truck driver's like son. <laughs> Being like, you killed my dad. I don't know why that guy is so little. <laughs> We're having a benefit for the survivors of the tow truck murder at the Red Rabbit Lounge. <laughs> His favorite place he used to go. Gene, the tow truck driver, used to, to well, he'd tow trucks and then he'd go straight to the Red Rabbit Inn. He was a horrible father, by the way. Oh, Gorley, not to actually you. I just don't want to hear it. For You have to hear it from Red somebody else. It's the nurse's matchbook. Because when Michael takes her car, that's right. He, I guess, presumably brings it into the tow truck and then leaves it at the. Doesn't mean the tow truck guy didn't go to the Red (laughs) Rabbit. That's true. That's true. Is it even called the Red Rabbit Inn? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Is that a dildo (laughs) or a vibrator? (laughs) No. Is it just called the Rabbit? Is oh yeah oh the, the actual brand of yeah. one of those yeah well if there's a red one why did I use the word dildo that's just like so old timey <laughs> red rabbit in is actually a command red rabbit in <laughs> red rabbit out eyes on me two three four red rabbit in oh I love that series of uh, John Up like novels red rabbit in <laughs> red rabbit out oh the dildo books claspers. <laughs> Two, three, the clasper. <laughs> Clasp on to Clasp off the clapper. I've fallen and I can't clasp on. <laughs> Hi, this is Shark Central. We'll have someone there right away with a pair of uh, uh, prosthetic claspers. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sally Struthers, representative of Prosthetic Claspers for Geriatric Sharks. Not only am I the president (laughs) of Claspers Club, I'm also a client. Has this happened to you? Claspers don't work. You go to the kitchen, get a pair of tongs, thinking that'll serve. Well, I'll tell you it for me, man. It won't. You need grab right prosthetic (laughs) claspers. How many people have left this podcast? <laughs> uh, speaking of those old cable commercials, Leslie and I, uh, my wife and I, were remembering those. Remember those like thin um, kind of books that would come in a collection month to month from Time. Oh yeah, Time Life. Time Life. That would be like a young girl got into a car accident. 500 miles away, her mother feels a burning in her hand. Oh, like, yeah, that's Paranormal yeah. Uh, books yeah. brought to you each month. Uh, but I went to a garage sale once, and somebody was selling all of those, and I didn't buy them. Oh, man. I bet you could get those online. 
Yeah, they're probably delivered by a goddamn ghost. <laughs> or they just appear. Yeah, on your bookshelf. Read me. Read me, Carrie. What if it's like a fly situation, though? That like when they're transferred over, the uh, like a bug gets mixed in with it, so half of your books are like got f- fly particles in it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Can we just talk about Jaws 3, yeah. please? Hey, what's up with Dennis Quaid? He's real reckless with that jet ski when he gets off at the deck and he just kind of flops it down and it bangs into the pier. I felt the same way when he drives up on the boat, up onto the beach at the end and just oh, yeah. kind of like brings it right up onto the sand and hops out. Now, that's an emergency, but still, yeah. be good to your um, possessions and your possessions will be good to you. Yeah, Dennis. Now, the Quaid of it all, uh, he was on uh, Watch What... What happens live? The um, show that's on Bravo. Oh, the 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 recap of the yeah. like Housewives. Now I watch clips of those on YouTube because they're really fun. Because they have a game that's like, um, you can only not answer this tough question, and you have to answer two. And so sometimes celebrities, I'm sure through their publicist, have already cleared every yeah. question that could be asked. But you get some like funny dirt. And uh, uh, Andy asked Dennis Quaid. So you used to have quite the Coke problem in the 80s or something like that. Um, what movie would you say you were most coked up during the filming? And he said, Jaws 3. And then he's like, Inter-, and he goes, interesting. What is there a particular scene that we could watch and know, oh, oh he is coked up in the scene? And Dennis Quaid, so funny, goes, all of them. Oh my god, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. He is kind of riding high on this. Oh my god, that scene when he has to yell at the people who are out in the water to come out of the right after yeah. the mud show. Yeah, uh, the, during this, he interrupts the stunt show. Yeah, that is like uh, uh, lights, camera, cocaine, action. <sighs> wow, that's early because he he. This is is this his, one of his first big movies? Is he in Breaking Away? He is, and I, th- I I think he's in the right stuff. And I was thinking, like, is this, like, kind of a... I mean, you're in a big Hollywood movie that people are going to go see, but, like, to go from the right stuff to Jaws 3 feels a little... Not going the... Uh, the, the, the rocket ship isn't going yeah. into the stratosphere. You're taking the cocaine bobsled straight down. <laughs> I mean, what's your um, Quaid, um, Quaid ability? <laughs> My what? What's your overall Quaid ability? Do you like him? Uh, I'm okay with him. I yeah. I find him likable. Uh, sometimes he's comes across a little harsh to me. Maybe I don't know what that is. Maybe it's all cocaine. He just has a bit. Maybe it's his eyebrows. He has Joker eyebrows and smile at times that comes off a little sinister to me. Yeah, you're making me think about how there is a an inborn mischievous quality to all of the Randy. Quaid, Randy, his brother. Yeah, that's uh, a whole different story. Yeah. Something going on. Yeah, I think <laughs> with so. With those Quaid boys. And then now I know he <laughs> was left by Meg Ryan when she left him for Russell Crowe when they were shooting Proof of Life. So I do have some sympathy for him there. But then you also never know what's going on in a relationship. So I try to leave that out of it. But what a story. Do you think she actually thought she was going to go meet Russell or Randy Quaid, but like the first time they met, she was like Russell Crowe was like Russell Crowe, and she's like, oh, it was on the phone. He catfished her. 
Yeah, she thought she was going to go meet her husband's brother, Randy Quaid, because Russell Crowe kind of, well, not kind of, exactly sounds like (laughs) those two names sounding the exact same. This is flawless theory. Uh, That's right. Well, he's speaking in an Australian accent. Yes. L.I. Um, I'm pleased to be in this next movie with you. My name is Ronnie Quaid. (gasps) Oh, of course. I haven't seen you in so long. He's like, what? uh, Huh? Huh? How do you spell Randy Quaid? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Just know that my name is Randy Quaid, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you. Okay. Well, I've already fallen in love with you. Gotcha. I'm Randy Quaid. What? Wait a minute. You got me. Who's got you? I'm going to go crazy in my Uh, yeah, uh, they're, they're, uh, my I think my favorite Dennis Quaid is is um, um, Inner Space. Yeah. I like him a lot. And there was a part yeah. when he's in the little submersible in the scene underwater. Oh yeah, that feels I was like some it. Inner Space vibes. Yeah, he never really got like he never really. I mean, he was yeah. a leading man, but he never kind of got his big vehicle we were never living in the quaid age the quaid verse yeah the quaid age quaid he's sort of like of a breed like kevin costner Mm -hmm. kind of these like yeah um handsome dads and uncles yeah starring in like uh you know they want him to be a, a handsome guy for for people to go and look at. Right. And speaking of that, because Costner had him as Doc Holliday in his Wyatt Earp movie. Oh, that's right. So he's um, to his Russell. Oh, and Kurt Russell, I would also put with the Dennis Quaid, Kevin uh, Costner, yeah. just like, he's who's that handsome above. guy I get to look at during this movie? He's a step above for me. He oh, tr- without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. And look, when I started saying that, I'm like, I got to make it clear. Uh, uh, he's the Russell's the best. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell is yeah the finest. Yeah, is that who you you meant? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, just yeah. yeah. I'm also just thinking about the strange similarities from Jaws three to Waterworld. Just these. No, there's none. It's just water. It's just water. Well, at least Waterworld has a defined human bad guy. Yeah, yeah. With what was his name? Asher. Oh, what? the Deacon. Deacon. <laughs> Not Deacon, the Deacon. The Deacon. And his band of and his band of smokers. The future. The polarized caps have melted. This is the Now look, world. would we have had if Richard Matheson never wrote I Am Legend, <sighs> would we have Waterworld? <sighs> Thank you, Richard Matheson. <laughs> For Waterworld. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Logo Loco. Yeah. That's got one uh, and Universal one to boot. The Waterworld logo, uh Universal logo is so cool. What is it again? It starts as the universal logo, but then the ice caps melt and it all goes underwater and then it zooms in on the water. That's so good. Using a logo to get just, they don't even have to explain it then after that. No. You know what happened? You know why it's a water world? No. And that's why in the stunt show, they don't have that visual. So they do have to say, the future, the polar ice caps have melted. A string of series of floating atolls called atolls. I don't <laughs> mm. Many of the resumes outside have CSI credits. 
All of the actors' resumes outside have credits for Criminal Minds. <laughs> Whoever plays the deacon will not so much be a stuntman, but a wacky comic performer. Hardly up to the par of one Bob Rochelle. If anybody has any information on the life of Bob Rochelle, <laughs> please contact me, the announcer of the Waterworld Stunt Show at withgorleyandrust <laughs> Wait, that, at gmail.com. What? What? I've got to run. I've got to run. <laughs> Uh, as I will always have to give credit where credit's due, Waterworld Sun Show, the only place that ever time I ever gave a uh, non-thought-out standing ovation. The airplane, when an airplane comes yeah, over? When yeah, I leapt up on my feet. I was yeah. like, I don't remember ever making the choice to get up on my feet here. How this, old were you? Uh, oh, I was 26. Oh, I wish I could have been there for that. It was a glorious day oh, at Universal Studios there. Hollywood. Did I can't you wait not to get know? Because like, I remember seeing in the commercials that that happened i didn't know oh that's even better it really God worked on me bless you uh now the um uh do you remember because you would think that she was maybe going to be a character through the whole movie but the like headmistress of SeaWorld at the beginnings who's like, you must wear your hair like yeah. this what was that and then they all start repeating it like they're in a cult we will not wear, we will wear our costumes. She called them costumes instead of uniforms. They think they're Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. Nice try. Good luck. I saw that costume Shamu. He couldn't hold a flickering birthday candle to hold Mickey and Donald. We will intentionally leave the underwater gates open so that our shark lord can come in and deliver us from this hell forsaken planet. <laughs> now the uh then they they say it's preview week. The the, the next week is like preview week. All the Broadway just... critics are coming. <laughs> it's out of town and then they're gonna bring the tank from Ohio into Broadway. Alexander Wolcott is complaining his front row seat. <laughs> and then they show the model of the undersea kingdom and Gorley, I just, I love a miniature so model with I... that metal pointer. Oh, just yes. The sound of a metal pointer touching a model Kink. is so satisfying. Kink. Kink. Uh, now, this is the most I'll get kind of into a, 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 a an academic essay could be written about such a thing. But I like the idea of Jaws 3. Wait, you're prepared to say this is the most you will do this just on this episode uh, or ever? Ever. No way. And I hope not. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want you to ever think you can't go beyond what you're about to say. Okay, well that's nice of you to okay. say. Uh, but n n roll your eyes. <laughs> I like to think of Jaws three being at a theme park as like, yeah, that's what this movie is. Yes, it's a tourist attraction theme park based on our memories of the first Jaws that we liked. Yeah. And you can come and you can visit it, but then, uh, hey, this is what happens when you make shitty sequels. Like, uh, <laughs> bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm not rolling my eyes, and if I am, they're rolling back into my head like a great white shark who's just eating what you're feeding. <laughs> I mean, I know Jurassic Park, when you watch that, you can totally read that as like a... Uh, have movies become theme parks? What's the difference? Because the logo on the yes on the car is the same as the logo on the poster. Like, yeah. and I like Jurassic Park as a version of that because it does seem to be people asking like, 
do we need to be doing this? I do too. Um, but Jaws, I would just give credit to Jaws 3 as a precursor to the presentation of the theme park also just feels like the pre- presentation of the movie itself. Yeah, they blend at a point where it's, especially when they're going into like, they're showing you moments of the shows because that's what's happening where the shark's going to arrive. But then they kind of forget that for beats at a time and just start showing you the show. So, and I'm along for oh, the ride. And it yeah. is until after we come back into the movie that I'm like, hey, that took me into a theme park show. Hey, put me back in there. Can we go back to that oh, mud show? Mud hole. Mud hole. <laughs> I, I, and I wish there had been more that they would have used this as an opportunity for us to see some backstage, behind the scenes. I mean, I oh, love that yeah. part when that tank filled up with water and they're like, okay, we're done. Drain the tank. And went, yeah. And it looked like their actual backstage technology. Yeah. I just, I wish I had seen more of that. Do you know, for instance, at the backstage at Waterworld, they have a hot tub that they all hang out in? What? I'm serious. Because they're in cold water often. And so they have a big hot tub that's right behind the like water tower part of the set where the plane launches. Did they have that with the Miami Vice one too? Or do you think- they, they Maybe they water did. Girl, I'm not upgraded. sure. But yeah, um, they must have because I think some guys go in the water and that. I think at least one does. So how big is this hot tub to it's, fit a whole? I think it's pretty big. God, that, I mean, Gorley, that just seems like the Venn diagram of all of you. you you've talked about how you like hot tubs <laughs> and the communal nature of them. Yeah. A post stunt show. Can you imagine just getting to sit with the water roll crew stunt show in a big hot tub? You'd be cloud nine. I know I would, but now this is this is gross generalization. But I do sometimes worry, and maybe it began with Miami Vice, but I get the feeling that the water roll stunt community is a little bit more of that kind of proto alpha. I could be wrong. I just, I just having worked there, I, I don't know if I got that vibe or not where my, like my, my, my Bob Rochelle back in the eighties days. Well, I even feel like maybe some of the stunt men he was paired with were just real stunt fellows. Yeah. Where I, I just want misfits. Yeah. It's funny. The thing you're talking about right now is always a little bit of a funny, um, uh, no friction comes out of it. It's just like a funny thing I've observed before on a set that there are times where there are people who <laughs> would just like be like, oh my God, these theater kids yeah. are like just like yeah. working side by side with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, like <laughs> these guys overhear a conversation about how it's a better metaphor if the person stands inside the door instead of outside the frame. And they're just like, you fucking <laughs> theater kids, go home. <laughs> Have sex with your partners or something, please. What partners? Art is my partner. <laughs> yes, I'm seeing someone, but they're not my partner. Art is my partner. Artner. <laughs> uh yeah, <laughs> but Artner. Okay, I know we talked about in Jaws 2 that they were clever in disguising a sound effect that could be plausibly denied as not being a shark roar, mm-hmm. but seems like a shark roar. This movie straight up has a shark roar. What's the what part? I don't remember what part, but I remember There's a shark, a shark roar. roaring. There's a shark roar. You know, until I see footage of a shark not roaring, I'm going to believe sharks <laughs> roar. 
what if then, like, in some sort of cosmic switcheroo, that means somewhere there's like a lion who's like spitting up fish, rolling its eyes back and clasping <laughs> like a. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I got you. We were talking you about lions. You got a. <laughs> Uh, the uh, uh, well, I thought also in terms of the intelligence of the shark. Um, what's this? What's going on here? The shark getting through the gate, a gate being opened. I couldn't quite follow what was. Going- yeah, I think it's a combination of couldn't quite follow and couldn't quite care to follow too. Because the lagoon is hooked up to the ocean, and they're sending in water from the ocean into the lagoon, and the lagoon's different than the. Deep Sea Kingdom, right? Or the right? I think the lagoon is where the Deep Sea Kingdom is. Located. Is that also I where the be. water ski show is happening? Mm-mm. Or that's the bay? That's the bay. Okay. Yeah, I was confused. And honestly, I'm not joking. I must have checked out for 15 minutes just trying to figure out the practical use of the those little primary colored um, maze blinds on the beach. They did you see? They have a logo on them. They're called Privacy S E A. But what pri- is it? Just when you're lying on a towel, you get privacy. They're not like privacy to change your clothes. Oh, I know what it. It must. I first of all, I didn't know what those little things were. So thank you for seeing the logo and then looking it up. But now that it's called Privacy, it makes me think it's for nude bathers when they're just like down on their tummies, and but. It doesn't totally work because if you walked by, you would just like look down at yeah. somebody's butt. No, it can't. I, I don't. I can't figure it out. So is it privacies for? I you, guess it's just so no one can you see you when you're just lying on a towel, even though you're in a bathing suit. I and but the the question of people walking by can just look down. I guess so people can't see you side to side, which is awfully weird. Yeah, this is happening. Um, it is important stuff, and this is happening when they go and have um, they go onto the beach to like skinny dip to get in their underwear, and like any true brother, you just want to get your year and a half girlfriend to try to come along and interrupt your brother getting laid. Oh, These God, things. wouldn't it be great if I could see my brother <laughs> naked with this girl you just met naked, too? Then you'd come to Venezuela water. with me. <laughs> These things can't be found on a first Google because there's a Norwegian cruise line called Privacy. And then I've, I put in, like, Privacy Beach Blinds and nothing's coming up. I don't fucking know I'm shocked what that that say. didn't gain the level of, like, Kleenex where people are just, like, always referring to those things you see on the beach that are so ubiquitous. You go, hey, um... Do you have a privacy I can borrow? And they're like, oh, well, it's not an official privacy. So it's like, oh, not interested. Oh, yeah. But you know what I meant. Privacy. It's like Kleenex. Yeah. But if it's not the, it's not privacy brand, I won't do it because I don't. (laughs) Dignity. Because I don't know what these are used for. And so if I get an (laughs) off brand one, it might not be succeeding. If the president or inventor of of those uh, is listening, please, please let us know. Yeah. What if it was Bob Rochelle? (laughs) Oh, wait. That's how he could sort of disappear. To the Mardi Gras Best Western in yeah. Las Vegas. Tell his death in 2008. Um, uh, when did when in 2008? Well, not that you wouldn't know. Sorry. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think I know. Why? Um, 
I was just wondering if you got to see Obama elected, genuinely. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? That's late 2000. I know. Not likely. Odds are no. Because uh, that um, election night was just one of the best uh, <sighs> yeah. memories of my life. I was yeah. uh, um, on a vacation with somebody, and we were like in a snowy, oh. snowy cabin upstate New York and watching the results come in. And uh, then we watched the party and celebration in chicago on tv um just a really special night That's where were nice. you Gorley? do you remember i had some people over to my little house in long beach and i was running news on the tv and then i had a couple of laptops running like 538 and stuff i was a real sports guy with that one that's you know? good yeah that's great yeah um that's a um hmm like I feel like usually shared mass memories are are bad, are like mm, tragic, like, like the the Trump election, yeah, <laughs> you I, know, or the Kennedy assassination or nine eleven and stuff yeah. like where were the where were you questions are usually bleak. Yeah, um, yeah. Are there good where were yous other than that? Where were you? When- Not to all come off as just some uh, real libs here, but um, I remember that Saturday when they officially announced Biden Me as too. the winner. Me too. Walking down our street, and uh, this is just going to sound just like such a parody of like how people imagine people in Los Angeles to live I that know. like Biden gets elected and there were dance. It was dancing in the street. Oh yeah, because you live near all that. Yeah, so people were partying and uh, uh, somebody donated their car to be danced on, and so people were getting <laughs> on this car and, like dancing. It was, <clears throat> and for months when my daughter and I would pass that little particular corner, she would ask if there was going to be dancing. Oh, because like, my oh, God. remember that time we like had a blast? Oh. Uh, yeah. I was on Coruscant and we were ripping down a statue of Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> when you said Coruscant for a moment, He like, didn't even balk. Because <laughs> I was like, did George Lucas name Coruscant after like a beach that's like really cool? <laughs> <sighs> and uh jar jar was in the background going we are going home <laughs> what a day now uh uh when we meet dennis quaid then we meet he goes to that big sea world stage area the mm-hmm. arena um where we meet the actress bess armstrong as kathy who um, I would say is probably the best actor in this. Yeah, I think so too. You can tell she cares that she has this part. Yeah, and she's probably not eating cocaine cereal for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) God, how many on-screen leading duos in movies of that era is a guy, or maybe just the history of Hollywood, let's be honest, is a guy who's just like substance abused out and then the actress is like i come here and i like you can tell the way she's comfortable with like the whale in the water and yeah. gets it to nod i was like this is a method actor she spent some time who spent time and yeah. was like oh i i want to know how somebody does this it's an opportunity yeah. to learn what this person does and i'm gonna do this job so it looks real and it does when you watch her you're like you believe all yeah. of it 
It makes you think that Dennis Quaid actually just fucked up the line and and she's correcting him. It's like, they're whales, not fish. And she's like, are we going to take this again? No. Also, why does he not know that? he? What is his job there? Oh, when he says, when she says, they're not whales, they're not fish, he does go like, they're not whales, they're fish. Like, I've heard this a hundred times yeah. you, which is, makes it worse. And then he does it again later. But what is his <laughs> job? Is he just like technical director or facilities manager there? Yeah, there's one line that's like, said so fast late in the movie where he goes, I busted my ass to make this thing or something like the underwater world. Uh, yeah, so it was like, be like facilities director. And so yeah. that's what they're so hot to have him do in Venezuela. <laughs> oh my God. There's only one man that can build this Venezuelan version of, of sea world. Underwater sea world thing. I never even wondered what the job in Venezuela was because I was so unclear of what he was doing there. And like, have him be like, if you're going to go so far as have him be the son of Sheriff Brody, have him be like head of security at the like. Yeah. Sea World. The fact that like, he's just like the things that they do have his dad have is like that. He smokes, he smokes like his dad. Yeah. That's the shiter part he has of yeah. him. But, uh, I mean, I was going to bring this up and I think maybe it's the time to, which is like, we've brought this up with the Friday 13th movies and Halloween. Like I need zero carryover from movie to movie. Mm -hmm. Like when they bring in like the Tommy stuff in Friday 13th, yeah. I don't need it yeah. because, um, we're not doing high art here or lineage stories. Yeah. Yes. And if anything, I would be more satisfied by a story. That's like a new group of campers come in mm -hmm. and they, like what the first Friday, three Friday the 13th are. It's just yeah. like new group. They meet Jason. Jason kills him. Next movie, new group comes in. It's just like what yeah. you like about James Bond. Like yeah. new mission, new movie. Just and episodic. Yeah, episodic. And so I think because there was a point when the two brothers reunite on the dock and they like greet each other. I like laughed because I was like, it is so stupid how tenuous this <laughs> connection to the first one is. It's like the br the sons of the original actors who are now the third incarnations with different actors, they look nothing alike. Like, who cares that oh, they're the brothers? I'll tell you what it is. It's the insulting because why would you put that time into that when you won't put the time into the other elements of quality in this yes. movie? Like, don't, don't waste our time if you're not going to... Give us our time. <laughs> you don't waste our time if you're not going to give us that time. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a reasonable thing to ask for. And this is what I was getting to. I would be kind of cool with Jaws movies that are not centered on this cockamamie trying to bring sharks are related to the original Jaws or the yeah. family. It's like, now if they haven't killed Quint, I would just go, you make just Quint movies. Yeah. And Quint is like the guy you bring in when you're a seaside town and you're having shark problems yeah. or even Hooper. Yeah. Like my idea ideal would be in Jaws 2, they just establish or Jaws 3 because if Scheider was willing to do Jaws 2, that's good. But by Jaws 3, just have a character who's like Quint. Yeah. You don't call him Quint, but we all right. know who it is or Hooper. Yeah. And it's just about, he's, he gets brought into yes. the sea world. Yeah, exactly. To, to do the job. Yeah. A hundred percent. But that's so much more satisfying than this fucking sweaty ass <laughs> Brody family stuff. 
sweaty ass Brody family stuff. I'm saying down in Florida on a shooting location in SeaWorld, sweaty ass. Yeah. <laughs> now, I read that uh, this sounds a little far-fetched to me that Roy Scheider was so averse to even being considered for part three that he did Blue Thunder just to block his schedule out. That seems ridiculous. Why couldn't he just say no? This man is not, he has a free will. And I understand there was a contract thing for two, but this yeah. one, he, I don't think he had. I don't know if that, yeah, if that is true, but the, if it is true to imagine that he particularly cho- chose Blue Thunder because it'll get him up in the sky away know, from water. I know, but it's really the shark of the sky, Blue Thunder. I've never seen Blue Thunder. Oh. Is it like, um, he has to face off with like a, a HAL helicopter that's... No, Blue Thunder is under his command. But it is like a super techno. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's the super cop helicopter. And so for whatever reason, he and Daniel Stern are uh, given to this. And then they, I saw it, I think, when I was a kid. I haven't seen it since. I don't remember. I know they spy on a naked woman at one point, so it's got some issues (laughs) in a building. But what I was big into was the Blue Thunder TV show because there was, who was it? Was it Robert? Blake, who played the Roy Scheider part, but Daniel Stern was in the movie, but Dana Carvey played that part in the TV show. Oh my god! And gosh. they had a ground crew, which is two, I believe, ex-football players in Alex Karras, the dad from Webster, yes. and Bubba Smith from Police Academy. Uh, so I two have of to the funniest guys from Blazing Saddles and Police Academy are playing the guys in the... In, in Is it called Blue Thunder? Who's two... Alex Karras and who? Uh, Alex Karras is um, Mungo in yeah, Police Academy. Yeah, and then who's the other one? Uh, Bubba Smith is in Police Academy. Oh, Police Academy. I thought you said it. Okay, yeah. Wait, so let me let me look up if I'm right. I'm not editing out that silence either. That's... <laughs> is Dick Butkus. Sorry, not... Not and and James Ferentino. I'm glad I looked this up. Okay. Wow. So is it it's called Blue Thunder, the TV show? Yeah. And so Dick Buttkiss and Bubba Smith were in this like police van that would follow them everywhere on the ground and they would kind of converge and deal a thing. But yeah, that's Dana Carvey. Sounds oh, awesome. You know, I should why did I know? Blue Thunder kind of is my mind is also like that Clint Eastwood movie Firefox. Yes, that's right. Is that a correct assumption? Because not having seen Blue Thunder, it just sounds like <laughs> The ultimate robotic helicopter. Yes, exactly. Now, Dana Carvey and Daniel Stern's character, and I, I want to say that Daniel Stern dies in the movie very much like Goose in Top Gun, but I could be wrong about that because I think it like was in the weird. Water. <laughs> Jaffo was that character's name, and I feel like that's an anagram. Oh, there's also the anagram Thor, Tactical Helicopter Offensive Response. <laughs> Hold on. This is so stupid. that I <laughs> This is good. Okay. JAFO is an acronym from the film, meaning just another fucking observer. Wait, and they could use that on the network TV? Well, they never said what it stood for, but they still called him JAFO. Just another flipping observer. <laughs> <laughs> or they do the weird deep voice like... A dub. Oh yeah, just another flippant observer. <laughs> just another freaking observer. 
Should we do P? Yeah, Jaws P. Yeah, Jaws P. Uh, us, us, oh, Jaws oh. P and PD. Jaws, Jaws, Jaws 3 and PP. Jaws, Jaws P and PP. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right P. With Corley and Rust. With Corley and Rust. We're back. We're P. We're P. And we're P. And we're P. Um, I love also that this is... um. A podcast where um, we started at uh, like ten twenty a.m. Uh, or we sat down to record, and I mentioned, "Oh, I'll have to be done at like one fifty. Yeah, and we were like, "Oh, then we better get started. Yeah, we're gonna need a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what podcast is like? Oh, we only have three and a half hours. Well, we do have a little over an hour. Now we have a little over an hour. God, this is like our own um, uh, uh, ticking clock. It's good we did start when we started. Yeah. Could have been hard pressed to get through it all. <laughs> uh, and just so people know, hey, I'm not leaving here at 150 to go uh, 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 um, eat Sundays. <laughs> okay. I'm, He's doing it to go to therapy. He's going to hunt sharks. Yeah, the sharks of the mind. Mental sharks. I'll be Quint to my mental sharks. Hmm. Doesn't Quint die? <laughs> uh, so this um, death that uh, I think the first. Oh, oh, oh! I just wanted to say about Kathy. Not only is she the best character, and I mentioned I mentioned this off mic before we started to your wife Amanda. Yeah. I thought Kathy, in the highest compliment uh, way, most complimentary way. Had major Amanda vibes. I think so, yeah. Yeah, she does. Not just in looks, but also like uh, her caring, mm. kind personality and uh, her willingness to uh, deal with a real pain in the butt. <laughs> a guy who won't shut up about trying to get her to go to Venezuela every morning. I thought that mind? was probably the biggest parallel is that you are always encouraging Amanda to go to Venezuela <laughs> yeah, with you. And, yeah. Um, I get up, snort a line of coke 18 meters long, and then do a PowerPoint presentation to try to get her to go to Venezuela every morning. She's like, this has nothing to do with cocaine. You want to go to Venezuela? It's like, no, no. Why would it be? How come you never do the presentation before you snort cocaine? Uh, it's just the way it gets put on the to-do list. Do you think he does the length of his line of coke is the length of the shark attacked him? Like... <laughs> That's his like way of conquering it. Sometimes he does the line of coke is the outline of a shark, and he just <laughs> travels it around like a gunpowder fuse line. <laughs> uh, but one thing uh, Kathy does say that I didn't think was right was she's like, "And get the dolphins out; they're getting fat." I know, yeah. shaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a dorf, dorf, dorsal fin. Dorsal fin. Yeah. yeah, dorsal fin shaming. I know. Oh. There is that part where Shamu's cruising around the aquarium and, and I think her fin is drooped to the side and that's one of those sad symptoms of a of a captive killer whale is that they I have knew that. that there was something up with those curved things when I was a kid and yeah. saw them and people would be like, That just happens. I was like, No, this is weird. Yeah. When when maybe the science they've always known that. I just feel like in the last Maybe since I'm like Trump, right? Like I think the information began when I first uh, heard it. Yeah, but like, has that been known for a while? The droopy, probably. But I think what was the big documentary that 
blackfish, blackfish. is the one I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. yeah. Catfish and blackfish. Really talking yeah. about some fish documentaries. That'd be here. a good double feature doc. A catfish doc double and blackfish? Yeah. Yeah. And a good uh, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now, when they're in that little back area, or when they're in their area, he comes visits her, and she's like, I, I was just thinking for those actors, but these characters too. I'm like, okay. Like Orlando, Florida area, surrounded by marine life. Mm-hmm. This had to be some dank ass smells. Oh, yeah. The yeah. heat plus fish. Yeah. With, I, I don't blame Dennis Quaid wanting to do coke. <laughs> I'd be like, what can get me to not feel? He was probably <laughs> probably just snorting smelling salts, and that's why people thought he was doing cocaine. Now, Gorley, part of the lore of this podcast is that we've never done coke. No, we've never done cocaine. Yeah, not only the lore, but the allure. The allure of yeah, this podcast. It's a coke-free zone. <laughs> we give you our word. This podcast is not hosted by people who have tried cocaine. It is free of cocaine, but also all we do is drink coke-free. Or no, Coke Zero. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking, like those poor actors. They were like in a narrow hallway there with some like fish smells. Yeah. Uh, now, the introduction of Philip, the zoologist superstar, <sighs> James uh, Bond. Yeah, this like dashing sort of Thunderball era yeah, James Bond, Dirk right? Benedict face from a team vibe and he's aussie i is he not english the other guy is aussie but i i i have to say okay. i can't answer that because more than any movie we've watched so far i think i tuned out the most on this oh that's okay it's yeah. just three <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> i think uh the cameraman uh, uh, i think jaws himself herself sorry mistress of jaws <laughs> sorry that's what they just called this mistress Mist- of jaws yeah son of jaws mistress of jaws <laughs> but the um uh it's such a funny, like a character that only could exist in the second sequel of the I movie. I know, I know, it really is. <laughs> like you just in the first movie, you wouldn't have like this, like oh, I'm a superstar zoologist, it's crazy, a rock star zoologist. I mean, when you think about how you never question that with Indy, who's an archaeologist, it's essentially the same thing. But this character reminded me of there's a character in Mission. Uh, missing in action two, which is a prequel and set during Vietnam where there's like a British or Aussie scout that kind of gets wrapped up with his gang of Vietnam soldiers, but he's kind of similar to this, but he's not quite as he's like dashing. a yeah. yeah. He's just this, I don't know. And then he just gets shot in the head and there's a hell of a squib, but, uh, a hell of a squib, a hell of a squib. I don't know. What my well, I think is. if he, um, so if that guy's British and that other guy's Aussie, Aussie, is he? Um, it got me thinking. Where are sharks? Where are sharks? Sharks are East Coast. Yeah, I know Australia South has Pacific. sharks. Yeah, but is here's the big question: Wherever you surf, is there sharks there? Does surf? Uh, I don't know, but I don't think like by the waves definition. that bring surfing also are the waves that bring sharks That's i don't the think so question. because i don't think does does like the british isles have a shark 
deal. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, what's your shark deal, British Isles? That's why I was like, why is this guy the authority? His Aussie assistant should be like, maybe is Brit, maybe is Australia. I think the oh, actor's no, no. British. But- I get what it is. Maybe he's British. But when he goes to certain animals, he has friends who are experts. And this Aussie oh. guy is a shark his shark guy. But the Aussie guy's just a cameraman too. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it was confusing. Well, and he looks a little bit like the first death that we can talk about. Um the um the muscle man who's locking the gate underwater. The guy who later turns up as a very rubber corpse. With a Bug crawling out of his mouth. Crabs, bugs, and worms. And a smell that is so awful, but can be entirely enclosed by a sheet. (laughs) A bed sheet. Like nobody's reacting to the smell whatsoever. And then when the sheet is lifted, it's like, oh, oh my God. (laughs) And a mustache, you know, on a prosthetic mustache that looks more like an eyelash. Where were those muscles we wanted to see? They oh. were clean, stripped right off the bone. Yeah, by a shark with a three-meter bite. Now, what I thought was interesting about this death was the shot of the sun setting, and it's all red, and the water's red. Oh, I it checked out. looks <sighs> like the poster. Well, that's okay. It looks like the Jaws 2 teaser poster that is so cool. That's not a scene in the movie. Um, it's... Just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water, it's like a blood red sky, mm. blood red water, but it's because it's the sunset or something, that, oh. but it looks like blood. It's yeah. a cool poster. And I almost thought, oh, they're trying to like, maybe people were like, why wasn't the Jaws 2 poster in Jaws 2? Don't worry. We'll get that shot in here. Cause then it like, uh. it's a really cool. It's like a blood red sky and water. And then, yeah, they go underwater to the guy locking the gate. And the only other observation I thought about this that was interesting was like, we talked about Jaws. That's like pre-slasher. Like slasher movies aren't really even a thing. Right. Jaws 2 comes out the same year as Halloween before Halloween. So it's the same year, but it couldn't have been influenced by Halloween or that kind of slasher movie yet. This death in Jaws 3 where the guy's closing the gate has all the grammar of a slasher movie mm-hmm. now. It's like he's doing some dumb menial task. Yeah. It has nothing to do really with underwater stuff. Right. It's just like what a slasher movie usually is. If somebody's like making a sandwich and they don't know what's behind them. And it's all about Jaws is like watching him from afar and stalking him. And then the most like the guy like turns around and is like, yeah, right when Jaws is there. It's like the guy out by the dumpster in Halloween 2, the security cop. Exactly. Or yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Just and also in its dumbness. In yeah. Like it's just like so basic. But I love the story they tack on to this after the fact where his wife or girlfriend comes up and go and is like, he didn't come home last night and he's such a cat. And where is he? I know he's just well, I mean, I don't want him dead, but that might have been the most dimensional character. <laughs> I know. Was like the floozy girlfriend of I think his name was Shelly. No, uh, really? Yeah, two Shelleys. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> he he uh yeah has this like floozy girlfriend or something charlene i found out her name was <laughs> and she uh like was uh yeah has this like dimensionality of being like 
he cheated on me. I know. But God, get him back. I, I know. love him so. It's like you're playing more than one note than yes, everybody else is playing. That's true. Yeah. Um, also, I love their backstory. Just like yeah. this guy who hangs out with the tough crew of guys at SeaWorld and then goes, <laughs> goes hard. Sex with this lady. <laughs> or not. Because then they find his wallet. It's like he wouldn't leave his wallet behind, though. I know. That's not like. Gooser. <laughs> um, also, I'll just say this movie doesn't understand how to pull off like a 3D thing. Like 3D effects should be like startling, surprising. Yeah. Like it popped up and you didn't know. Like the way they do this death is like the guy gets killed. They cut to something else, like a shot of the ocean. And then they just cut back to like a static shot of an arm already there. Just like floating. I know, with no blood coming out of it. No! It's just like obviously a floating prosthetic. And it seems to be like a callback of the leg falling in the original, the guy who's on Oh, yeah. There was a... But that's good because blood is coming out of it. Yeah. Like draining out of it is falling. This is just like a dumb arm with like three weird bows. I know. Yeah, they look like, well, sorry, but claspers. (laughs) (laughs) And then when his body resurfaces later it feels very much like we got to get a head floating like the other two movies you know oh yes and the other thing that i thought was like we got to do these in these jaws movies is the grenade setup oh yeah like the setup of the thing that will eventually kill jaws like halfway in the movie and the finn water ski shot too same sort of like going the same speed as the water yes Yeah. yeah that was good i mean the is that coming? Oh, yeah. What is that big? Because that's a good. Oh, oh, oh. Um, just wanted to mention that restaurant they go to with the Pat Benatar looking waitress. And oh there's yeah. Like lattice work on the walls. Yeah. Um, I also saw a guy in a yellow Panama Jack T-shirt. Do you remember Whoa, Panama yes, Jack? That's right. Oh man. Did you ever? I never owned one. No, I never Too did. Cool. No, I was just on principle as a you know six year old. I won't do it. I'm not going to sell out. Was there? Did you ever own a Hard Rock Cafe T-shirt? I must have. I think I did too. Yeah, yeah. I must have. They're very cool. <laughs> you have to be. They have, by definition. I'm to the point where they go down in the night to try to tag Junior Jaws, Jaws Junior. Yeah. Okay. Why? She's all in chainmail, but not for the head. That's one thing I learned from my National Geographics. Thank you, Dad. There was an ep- episode, an issue of shark cage divers, and they all had chainmail that would go up and cover their head. Because oh, Jaws yeah. could what just take that? her head off. What's that night of the round table looking yeah. shit they're bringing to this ocean? Yeah. It's chainmail, shark, shark. Now, Body when they're doing that, that's the same time that that weird thing is happening where people are trespassing with a raft. Do you remember this yeah. part? I don't know what the significance That's just to get another killer. That's all but it is. But what are they trying to do? They're trying Though to- Though they're trying to collect- I know this because they have such a ham-handed piece of exposition. When they get out to the spot where they're about uh-huh. to dive, the guy goes, now remember, we can get up to $300 for this piece of coral. And you want to go like, oh, really? You're just telling him that now. So the whole time you've gone like, come with me. Trust me on this. Trust me. No, he doesn't say now remember. He just, it's basically like, come with me tonight. Don't ask any questions. And then when we get there, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Do you think that other guy thought like, 
I thought he was going to propose. <laughs> All this to do, not telling me why, and now it's the steel coral. Come on! Put a wedding, put a put a ring on this finger, please. Yeah. We don't need more coral in our house. We need a, <laughs> a happy spouse. Um, because that death is so weird because it's not accompanied by the Jaws theme. No. It's a death that doesn't. And usually in the rules of these movies, like the fake out ones, don't have. There's barely any Jaws theme, is there? Sorry, shark theme. Yeah, I partly thought, are they paying it by the use? Maybe. But how can it be? It's universal. Oh, but they're, are they, because I think that's is? their argument, like legality. They're like, it's universal. <laughs> hey. Like, do you mean the studio? It's public or? domain now. It <laughs> might be if they did go independent, if I don't have that wrong, that they did have to pay for it. Because it may be. Or does John Williams also, and or. John Williams have the clout of like mm. an agent who goes, well, he wrote that piece of music. He should be honored in some way if you're going to use it. Yeah. Like, or if he was just like, this movie's going to be shit. You get it. You get it one time. Use it wisely. Yeah. And give me the credit shark theme. Shark theme. By, by John Williams. Oh, I know why he couldn't take time to come up with the Jaws 3. He's working all night on Lopty Neck. Oh, that's sun. Right. He kept listening outside his son's door when he should have been working on Jaws 3. And he's just like, oh, well. Minor key. No, uh, John, no, keep John, to yourself. Just, let your son be his son. Uh, uh, disco's timely and very earthly. No, let him be. Kids love it. Oh, God. Uh, is he wearing the turtlenecks I bought him? I just. <laughs> and then John Williams' son comes out and is like, Dad, I wore the turtleneck. It feels really good. I took it back off because uh, I'm going to go outside now, but I really like the turtleneck. <laughs> I'm breaking All through right. with it. Thank you. Thank you. I get it. It's sweet in its own way. <laughs> anyway, back to writing Yubnub, the Ewok celebration <laughs> song or whatever it's called. He's sitting there writing the lyrics. Yup to love. No, no, no. no. Yup grub, no. I am hungry, though. <laughs> you know, a snack right now would be very gunda. Gunda. Aichiwaba. That guy's wise. He was like, yub, what could be the next word? And then his wife in the other room is like doing a crossword. And she's like, honey, do you know a, a three-letter word for a small penis? <laughs> Nub, honey. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, my darling. Mwah. Finished. Now get on the car. Get in the car. We're going to Alderon. <laughs> oh, he's gone crazy. <laughs> he's lost it. Alderon's been blown up. Yeah, if it had been blown up, we would have totally gone to Alderon. I'm a dark tourist. Huh? What? Isn't that a thing? Dark tourism. <laughs> what? It what? Or extreme tourism? What when is somebody like does twisted? Well, like you go to Chernobyl, you go to dangerous places. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Although you'd travel to Alderaan and there'd be nothing but asteroids like we've seen in Star Wars. Uh, uh, if, if somebody was to do a dark tour, um, come to my kitchen after I've had a three bean dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, t I'll show you a Jaws 3. Don't talk about clampers. <laughs> they're not clampers, they're claspers. You that one's on you. 
<laughs> what if I said clampers because I physically can't say clampers? Oh, you can't. It does make me think, sorry, you started us on claspers, that claspers evolved because there were enough sharks that male sharks that couldn't stay attached to a female and they couldn't mate. So they just, that mutation of the species died out. But then occasionally there were these males that just were like, had a little bit more bulge to clasp with. Well, it and makes, they, it they makes sense in that like. Articulated. It's crazy. Anybody. <laughs> I think anybody who's ever know, tried to have sex in water automatically Clasped. goes, anytime somebody tries to clasp. Oh, yeah. Uh, they go like, wait, how do people in movies do this? Yeah. Do you think Mariner and Waterworld, you know, he was evolving gills. Was he also evolving claspers and Gene Triplehorn was going to find out the hard way? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Thank you for your certainty. <laughs> I think if they had a Waterworld sequel, that was going to be the opening scene. Oh, God, I hope so. Um, also, um, she's uh, Gene Triplehorn. Did you know her, she's uh, like old, comes from an old show business family. She's derived from Triceratops. The Triplehorn? Mm-hmm. <gasps> I just mm. knew her sister, Khaki Double Flute. <laughs> That's an old joke of mine. I apologize to you and yours this holiday season. Gene and Khaki, triple is to double as horn is to flute. That is really good. No, it's not. It's definitively not. <laughs> Corduroy. Uni. Single fife. Corduroy Single Five is here. The stage show of your dreams. Gene Triplehorn, Khaki Double Flute, and Corduroy Single Five. In the Blue Mad Group. <laughs> <laughs> Performing their rendition of Bridge Over River Kwai 2, The Tunnel Under Dry Gulch Kubikaz. Do you think Art Garfunkel ever <laughs> like a bridge over the River Kwai? <laughs> Like a bridge over the river Kwai, you are Alligators. <laughs> you are Alligators. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do. To answer your question, yeah, I do think. Um, and then the raft like explodes. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Like, yeah, what was up with that? Just a shark eating it. I, I think he chomped it like a um, like a chattering teeth like it fold like it his bite is so big he just folded it in toward the middle it other look, than it just, looks like a tram tour yeah like, universal studios effect, sure which I, I love yeah. don't get me wrong um the uh uh when that charlene shows up and asks about scuba shelby oh maybe it's shelby not oh, shelly okay um did you notice dennis quaid goes yeah shelby went uh instead of saying Shelby went AWOL. I could be wrong. I think I hear him go, Shelby went A-W-O-L. That, I've heard that before. What, what, doesn't he want to save some time? I don't. I, yeah, that's clearly two he syllables. Doesn't. AWOL, four syllables, A-W-O-L. No, with the W, that's A-W-O-L. three syllables. Yeah, it's like World Wide Web. Isn't that much easier to say? Is that right? World Wide Web is faster to say than WWW. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that makes sense. And so is AWOL. Yeah, I just wish she would have said AWOL. Why wouldn't he, if he's going to spell it out too, why not just say absent without leave? 
that's my main complaint. I wish he would have just said absence without leaving. Yeah, that's why I love the movie of Blue Thunder because he can say just another fucking observer instead of the TV show where they got to keep saying J-O-F-O. <laughs> now, I think it's like probably not happening anymore. But do you remember when, when I was a kid, like AWOL would get like misused where somebody would go. And then when he saw everything was messed up, oh my God, he just went AWOL. Oh, like ape shit? Yeah. Oh, no, like I he never. he would use it as ape shit. Oh, I never. In my town. Really? And then when I found out it meant like somebody d- deserting their military post. Actually, it's monkey shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he just went monkey shit. Um, then they go into that little battery charged submersible, sure, down to the lagoon. That's the thing. Yeah, we were talking about the. Um, now I would love the idea of a wondrous kind of sequence with a submersible flying down to an underground underwater sea station. Mm-hmm. Well, um, check out Phantom Menace. Oh, if there were never a Jaws 3D, that scene would not exist in Phantom Menace. There's always a bigger boat. Is that? He's got the Qui-Gon's. There's always a bigger fish. Oh, it's a little bit of a, yeah. we're going to need a bigger boat. Same with, you know, Lucas and Spielberg coming up together. Yeah. He's like. Lucas thinks he really got it with that line. Wait till I, I'm going to wait till 1999 and then I'm going to write a whole movie around it. I'll get him. The light is what I'm really after. We'll build the movie around the light. I'll get him. I'll get him. But the music is like so wondrous when that submersible wheel's going down. And it feels like almost like Logan's run or something. I know. It does. The way it looks. But like. I so wanted to love that sequence, mm. but those are just some crappy effects. That's man. awful. Yeah, it looks like shit. This is when I was primo checked out. What is the reason why this is what you were talking about when the film would look almost like it beat up? I think I did read something about how they decided to do um, opticals with video instead of film, and then because it was cheaper, and then mm. went back to using film but i don't i think i don't know if they were splitting the diff or what what they were Uh, doing but really uh bad yeah really bad i mean it's not like the jaws movies were ever about like their amazing special effects but well at least they weren't like pulling attention to them but yeah when those bookend dolphins come up at the end they look like they're uh, it's a mirror effect. They're the same dolphin. Oh, jeez, I didn't realize like making, that. It's like the thing you would like click on a computer to do, just to like repeat the dolphin in, in the oh, opposite way. I mean, God, God bless. We should ask Sandy or Capricorn, the 50-year-old dolphin. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God. I don't remember. I was doing coke. Oh, my God. The whole shoot. Every morning, Dennis would come out. He'd get in his little uh, swimsuit onesie, and he'd just have this floating bowl of cocaine. <laughs> And you know, you see me pop up for fish, but you haven't you haven't seen a SeaWorld show until you don't know how high I can. Oh jump. my god! Do you think I would love like a seventies kind of groovy, like weighted, um, waterproof Coke bowl? Like what would otherwise be like a chip and dip bowl for the pool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it can also sink if you want it to kind of into the water a little yeah. bit, so you can go underwater and have these like tubes that you put your nose up to, <laughs> like straws, and they go. Underwater, and you swim away. <laughs> but then the the top part that's above the water has these little 
um, platforms come off, like mirrored platforms that you can yes. snort the line off of while you're swimming. Do you, this reminds me, like there's old magazine ads from the 70s. Have you seen these that are like, they're kind of like, hey, wink, wink. This yeah. is if you do Coke, but yeah. it'll be like, so obviously for it, it'll be yeah. like a Swiss family or, or a Swiss family, a Robin, jeez <laughs> Louise, it'll be like a Swiss army knife. That's like, oh yeah, a little like mirror, a mirror and a vial, yeah, and a, like a cooker. <laughs> and do you think? I guess a dolphin has to take it in its blowhole. So like Dennis Quaid comes out with a giant class ring that opens up full of cocaine, ah. and he just pours it in, <laughs> like Lily Tomlin's ring of poison in nine to five. Yes, yes, just like that. <laughs> What's that poison called? It's the rat poison. But it it has the same yeah. look as the coffee. Yes. Uh, Let me look up nine to five rat poison. Okay, I guess I'm also just thinking of Galaxy Glue from um, it's Incredible Shrinking Woman. I mean, Lily Tomlin, she knew what time of day it was. And Schooner Tuna from Mr. Mom. These products that they had. Yeah. Galaxy Glue, Schooner Tuna. And doesn't that, yeah, does that poison have a name? Or yeah. the coffee? The coffee does. There's the creamer. The coffee is sweet and sweet. Some, sweet, yes. It's the creamer. Skinny and sweet. Skinny and sweet. That's it. And Riddle Rat. Riddle Rat. Skinny and sweet. Riddle Rat. Galaxy glue and schooner tuna. Two. God, that movie is so nine to five is so great I that like it. it's one of my favorites. They they could find an extra little like bit of satire by calling it skinny and sweet yeah. it's just like oh yeah that's right just like the women should be the secretary yeah. should be yeah it's like everywhere they go they're like getting based with misogyny and what's the rat be gone what's it called rat, uh, rat be gone yeah that's that R- riddle rat riddle rat. riddle rat that's how that's the metaphor for getting rid of their boss oh yeah, yeah. he's a rat yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've done it again. Nine to five. <laughs> Our deep subtextual reading of nine <laughs> to five. Um, now. Um, the thing that seemed most like a tourist attraction, like they were trying doing a commercial, is that part where they're like, let's go down and check out the Spanish galleon. Yeah. And then I think this is the low point of the 3D in this movie. They do a 3D of the fake skeleton that's at the bottom of yeah. the lagoon. Yeah. So I'm like, if I was sitting in a theater in 1983, I'd be like, I paid four bucks <laughs> for a photo, a 3D photograph of somebody else's haunted horror like novelty trick. I I did read that they didn't want to overdo the novelties, and then the studio at some point made them go put more in or something like that. So they're just like because they didn't put a skeleton in there. Well, they didn't want the audience to feel like they weren't getting their 3D dollar. Because I'm assuming 3D films at that time were they more expensive like they were in the 2000s? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, maybe not. They, they, I don't or, know. Or, oh, the ticket. Yeah. God, remember how they could charge more for three tickets for 3D movies? That's and it such, was a shittier experience. Yeah, that's so wild. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, came out, I think Friday the 13th 3D was August of 82. And this movie is like summer 83. So they really mm. beat the just 3D to the 3D punch. Yeah. Um, I also just learned that Come On Eileen came out in 1982. Um, that's unrelated to anything. I it's the first time I've heard that title and thought a vile. The way you said that. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> with no context, it sounded like it was yeah, heading into Clasper's territory. Clasper's. 
Hurry up, hurry up. We're heading into Clapper's <laughs> territory. Turn around, turn around. It's too late. Um, then the dolphins start flipping out, and they have some sped-up dolphin footage. Um, and they get out. Really very little suspense there. Now, this is the part I really liked when the that dashing zoologist guy... Yeah. If we kill this beastie on camera, I can promise you media coverage. Beastie. Beastie. That was a term people used to use. And I feel like not, it's like not American. Yeah. Like, oh, beastie. Yeah, he might as well bring like, crikey, if we can <laughs> lullaby this beastie into a good Sheila, then we're having Kipper for Bilbo's. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, now he, they say this is when he wants to use the grenades, <laughs> and and uh, Kathy convinces Calvin Lewis Gossett Jr. to tranquil. Hey, if you tranquilize the shark and keep them, then this this would be its own sort of media mm-hmm. publicity. So I guess there's some of that like. Jaws mayor stuff going on now. Remember in Jaws, I talked about the pre-lap, uh, how that cool effect. Like you already hear the dialogue of Quint as oh, Brody's yeah. marching yes. off with the signature. You hear yes. the next dialogue because it's like this That's is so right. exciting. Let's get to the next scene. I noticed a post-lap. That's right. Where <laughs> he starts talking about how they're going to get the shark. And then that dialogue goes over footage of them preparing the tranquilizers. Yeah, I noticed that too. And f- it goes on for a while, longer than you'd think. Usually that's yeah. like a sentence at most that that happens. Yeah, it's not yeah. an odd choice. Yeah. It's, yeah. It makes me think that's one of the inserts they had to put in or something. Yeah. Or it, or it feels like a goof up too. Like yeah. the dialogue yeah. ran over. Like, yeah. 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 I ain't going back. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> I'm not going back into those waters. I was hired for one pass. Um, and then I like that big floating electrical barge with the cool underwater lights that they have when they yeah. go. Um, and a harpoon gun is shot in 3D, like Friday the 13th. 3D. Right, that's right. Harpoon guns were big yeah. in 3D at that point. Um, I'm at the scene where they have the tranquilized shark and the shark tank, and then Dennis Quaid comes in in clothes and wants to go on a date. And she's like, I have to stay with the shark. So he gets into the tank in his clothes. For some reason, this is the scene I most remember from Jaws. Like when it was happening, I was like, I remember this scene where he gets really? to take it as clothes. I don't remember anything. Well, that's okay. I mean, it sucks. <laughs> uh, like, because after that, I guess they probably put the big boring, the big boring scene before the big action scene, which is like opening day. All the visitors yeah. coming to SeaWorld. That's when you get to see the Shamu costume, walking with a big bunch of kids. The Shamu strollers, which I remember from SeaWorld here. I didn't see those. They're full on, like full body Shamu, like facing down and dipping, like bending his back or her back. They're like fiberglass. They don't look anything like strollers. Like the tails, you, you hold on to the tail. Oh, and the the kid sits in the like basically the shoulder section of the whale. 
Oh my God. Those were huge. I remember those. Um, I mean, it's kind of like if they're showing that stuff and like a group of kids all getting to walk along with the costume shampoo and stuff, that's just like a commercial. Yeah. And whenever I went to theme parks, they never held up to the commercials. The commercials would be like Mickey Mouse, like I know. <laughs> with kids on his shoulders. I know, shoulders like basically like giving you a $5 bill. Like you just, <laughs> the most, <laughs> most specialized personal attention, take holding your hand and taking you like on rides. And, yes. Yeah. I remember I know. that. You're on a ride next to Mickey Mouse. Yeah. The one time I ever saw Mickey Mouse when I went to Disney World when I was a kid, I remember we got there. I was like, oh, it's Mickey Mouse. They were shooting a commercial for Disney World and they had like, or like a local ad or something. They had a camera set up and you couldn't go by him because they were shooting him for a commercial that he was in. That's like the time I went to the Ronald Reagan library and it was the anniversary of his death. And from afar, I saw Nancy Reagan at his like memorial. And I was like, wow, this would be like what was on TV. You're walking through Reagan library with Nancy Reagan's holding your hand. There she is. But of course, I can't get to her. It's nothing like this show. Come to the Reagan Library. You're like yeah. walking hand in hand with Nancy Reagan, and she's pointing at like a. a <laughs> and Universal Studios liked. was that way too, where they were always like a camera was on a crane, craning up while a guy did a high fall from a balcony as it blew up on New York Street, and a guy was zip lining down and all that, you know. And the crowd is like so close by. Yeah. 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 Yeah, those uh, commercials put kids in for a real rude awakening. I know. When they're standing in line for 50 minutes to ride a ride. I know. And it is weird to think, we haven't really talked about this, that these water, these animal water parks are essentially a thing of the past since Blackfish, you know, for good reasons. It was awful and then people were dying and and the, the animals were being mistreated, but no, the new generation will never know that version of, I had no idea when I was a kid how bad it was to these animals. And, but I adored these shows, seeing trained dolphins do the things that they do and the orcas do what they did. And otters, otters are so fucking cute and funny and sea lions. And and you look back at it now, it makes you feel sick, but man, it was magic when I was a kid and no wonder like they were so successful. I re yeah, I remember going to SeaWorld in Orlando, I think in 1988 and it was, uh, yeah, I remember thinking it was like, Oh, I'm watching. Magic is a right word because it is sort of like somehow they've unlocked humans being able to talk to animals in this like way that I'm getting them to do comedy. Was incredible. <laughs> they didn't know they were doing comedy, but they were just hitting cues. But yeah, because the comedy would be like spitting at somebody they didn't like or something. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, or flapping their fins to splash water like that asshole. <laughs> Oh my God. As if it's not like already depressing to watch a human have to do like rote performance. Like I'm at, like I having know, a, at an least animal who was like, choice. this wasn't even my dream when I was a kid. I know. I just wanted to be off the coast of Barbados cracking shells on a, I don't know what. <laughs> I would love seeing a, a whale like with one of those um, uh, sun. You talked about in the last episode the things that when people want to get a suntan and they hold the big mirror. I did? I know what you're talking about, but I talked about that in the last episode? I thought you were talking about when Roy Scheider was so tan that you knew somebody who had like a literal, no, I'm making it up. Sorry. I'm crazy. But I know what you're talking about. That was, yeah, that was another thing in Looney Tunes cartoons too. Yeah. yeah, I would just love the image of a whale like (laughs) 
in Barbados on a beach. But like he, not beached. He's like liking yeah, it. Yeah. He's a huge one of those made from like a satellite dish. <laughs> uh, okay. I think we're there for the... Uh, the big climax? The, the No, the mud boys. Oh, the mud hole show. I wish I could tell you what was happening. Now, I love... What do you think was happening to Two that clowns are meant to wrestle, and they one of them falls in, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, it looks like they're not supposed to fall into the mud hole. No, but you know they But will. they accidentally do. And this might be... I mean, Branson has made just like an empire based on this thing. But that... Branson, Missouri, or Branson, Richard Mis- Branson? I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> Richard Branson, Missouri. Uh <laughs> Where you can get into a denim rocket ship and (laughs) (laughs) fire into a straw mood. With Wayne Newton. (laughs) Um, This era, and I feel like Smoking the Bandit fits in with it. This kind of like, not outlaw country. It's like not Waylon Jennings, but it is like from 78, 77 (sighs) to like 82, 83. This kind of like hee-haw, mm-hmm. like wholesome country western entertainment yep. is my shit. Oh, I agree. I love it. Hooper, the fall guy. Have you seen Hooper? I have seen Hooper. Okay, yeah. The fall guy, yeah. This stuff. There's uh, a Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, yeah. Like, cause the thing is, is like the, maybe what I like about it, you know, in the same way that I like a Beach Boys song, that it's like, it sounds so pretty. And the content is about fun things, but it's giving me some sort of melancholy wistfulness mm. that I can't put my finger down. In a similar, not as nice way, I feel like with this country, West, like hee-haw and stuff, I'm like, there is such vile, terrible, toxic thinking and attitudes of that world. Yeah. So what it's presented is like, <laughs> uh, our dresses look like, picnic blanket like the red white checkered green and white checkered like uh, hee-haw entertainment it's like such a crazy combo of like attitudes i know it's like this is the least wholesome thing why are you presenting it i know it's crazy there's a song in hooper that's kind of i think trying to be it's eastbound and down Uh the singer is it's strange but but it is a kind of oh my ears just popped wow that was weird it felt like I was wearing earphones and that the recording stopped. I even looked to the monitor to see that the I recording saw that. was still going. Yeah. Do you think um, uh, the ghost of Burt Reynolds came in and just he was like, like my ears are burning, so I'm going to make your ears don't you pop. talk the song of Hooper. But it is like a fast finger picking kind of rollicking. And it's uh, the life of a Hollywood stuntman, 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 stuntman. And it's like it skips. <laughs> And this is played during the scene when they're all the stuntman and their their gal pals are heading out into the beach to do some off-roading. And so they're just on PCH near Malibu or oh Santa gosh. Monica doing uh, 180s and then driving backwards at full speed up next to each other. And you just life of a Hollywood stuntman, stuntman, stuntman. And it makes me think that's not to, to harp on Bob Rochelle, but there's a movie he's in called Real Bullets where the universal stunt team from that area goes out for fun and frolicking and they get mixed up with a drug lord what? exchange and they have to take 
take on these How drug How do I lords. find out a new Bob Rochelle detail each time? Yeah, I don't know, because I'm doing this. It's not... <laughs> there's a movie about a universal stunt team that gets mistaken for, like, real... Yes, it's not specifically said that they're the universal stunt team, but the whole movie starts with these guys doing the stunts on the universal sit- stunt set, and the guy who plays Charlie Chaplin is the audience warm-up, Samir Kamoon, is in the movie as part of it, and they have they all have shirts that say... Um, uh, stunt team. <laughs> and then Martin Landau's in this movie is the drug kingpin because his daughter's in it. And she obviously roped him into it. But all, as far as I can tell, all the guys on the stunt team were somehow involved with the universal stunt show. What's the title of this again? Real bullets. That is a great title. Yeah. And what an awesome premise for a movie. I feel yeah. like they... Um, Not that well executed. No, nope, I'm going to say it's the best executed before <laughs> I even see it. You know how people are like, oh, um, Galaxy Quest, um, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. They're Three Amigos ripoffs. Yeah. Is Three Amigos a real Bullets ripoff? I think this came after. Ooh, Real Bullets is a Three Amigos yeah, ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say my boy Bob, not to spoil anything... He gets a real nice squib scene. Oh, but is it a little sad to watch your boy? Yeah, it's very sad because there's also like a half hour of the movie left. And I'm like, I got to get through this whole thing without Bob. But now I will say this about (laughs) Bob. I'm all of this I'm basing off is when I saw him in the stunt show. And then, you know, I put that video on Patreon. None of the movies he's in ever showcase really his comedic gifts. Hmm. He's kind of a a sidekick or kind of goofy at times or the episode of Simon and Simon that he's in. So you, none of the movies like you have to be as obsessive as I've been to really care to watch these movies. Cause who's his character in real bullets? He's just, he's like, just one of the stunt guys. That's yeah. kind of like there, there, there's no, no one has any character They're You know, they're just stunt guys going out for fun and goofing off. And then they get mixed up in a drug with Landau's character. Yeah, but even Lando's coming Catch in. me that stunt team. <laughs> even he is like in for a half day of shooting. <laughs> Never shows up on set with any of those guys. Get but. me the stunt boys of City Walk. Uh, <laughs> uh, does he have to do any stunts, Lando, in his day that he was shooting? There? No, he, he doesn't have to do anything, including act. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his daughter, Martina? Darlene Lando, I think, and it's the only movie she ever made. So it does feel like I, Martine I, and Darlene. Lando. Yeah, yeah. I have a theory because the main guy in Real Bullets, who's clearly made this movie happen, is a Tommy Wiseau type man past his prime that wants to be an action hero. He has a bow and arrow, like clearly after Rambo. He's has zero charisma. Nothing. <laughs> I'm just stating a fact. And he's somehow landing against people with zero. <laughs> We've seen some of them in this film. Uh, and he's landed Darlene Landau, who I think maybe he's somehow dating her in real life. And she's talked Martin Landau into being in this movie. So good. But that I don't know what the stunt team <laughs> connection so is. Good so good. So, so man, keep up. talking. Don't let me stop you. You are on a roll, Gorley. You are. I like imagining this. Like, hey, do you think your dad would ever see my real bullets movie? Hey, do you think your do you think your dad be up for playing a part in this? I don't I don't want to force you anything. Also, do you think your stunt friends from Universal would be in this too? 
I think I told you this before, but uh, the closest I've ever had that experience is being the little brother of two older sisters who would sometimes have uh, gentlemen callers who mm-hmm. they would try to get to my sisters yep. through me. Uh, yep. And I think I one time at the public pool, like this guy was like hanging out with me. He, he was like three years older than me, yeah. like because uh, it was he like my sister Anne. And I remember, like, I was like, he's just trying. Oh my god, it's so dumb. I'm like, I like to do this thing where I'm hanging on the wall and I crawl along the wall. He's like, okay, okay. So he's doing that with me. And then, and then I go like, and he's like. <laughs> I swear I've told this story, so I'm sorry. I'm like well, I know we myself. both told at least one of these stories about someone trying to get to an older th- sister yeah. through us, but I don't feel like I remember this story. <laughs> he was like, I'm holding onto the side of the wall and I'm like pretending I'm crawling o- along the side of the thing. And he's like, Paul, you got muscles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is how I'm going to go, oh, he thinks I have muscles. Oh, he likes my sister. Oh, I'm going to get up with my sister. He complimented <laughs> I can just imagine you at the dinner table that light that night. You know, like, when, when's my time? When's my window? Okay, <clears throat> boy, this meatloaf sure is good. But you know what else is good is that Victor. You know, <laughs> Amy, I think you you ought to really consider him. Um, and I noticed, oh gosh, what's this? What's this full page ad for the movie that's showing this week <laughs> at the Bijou? Gosh, uh, you should go to that. Seems awfully romantic. <laughs> You're also, not, have you guys noticed my muscles? You're the opposite of kids trying to dress up as ghosts to get people to not buy their house that their parents are selling. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I thought the footage of Shamu uh, when the opening day stuff, Shamu jumps up to the camera, which yeah. is like a classic like SeaWorld yeah. commercial shot. But I bet that was cool in 3D. Yeah, I did too. There, when all of the shit hits the fan and the show goes to hell. Yes. Um, Best part of the movie. There's a part where they cut to the crowd seeing like the water skiers all fall in and they, the crowd knows there's a shark. You've seen the fin. Right. There's like, they show a close up on the crowd and there's, you know, the people in the center of the camera kind of like all concerned. And there's one blonde girl off to camera left, audience right. With a grin on her face, going like, "That's fucking cool," or like, <laughs> "Like, I hope that shark eats one of them." But it's just an extra who's like laughing and doesn't know they're shooting. Perfect. I mean, there's some really I loved a lot of the extras. Oh this. yeah. There's a scene when they're at that kind of like lower the tank that's just above ground, and a bunch of people are standing around it, and you just get to see some real life people. And I partly have like I don't even like how in movies when they have a character who looks like a a real guy. He doesn't look like a movie star. Yeah. Well, he still looks actorly. Yeah. So I love the like kind of weird juxtaposition that happens when a movie star is standing in front of an extra oh, and you're just yeah. like, this movie hasn't set me up that people like this extra <laughs> exist. It just seems like the most gorgeous people walk around. Like those two People that are often in the background of the scene with Kathy, who clearly must have been actual dolphin and whale trainers from the park because yeah. they, they're not quite given many lines and they kind of are all both really tan. They had to have been. 
Another thing I noticed in the scene where that striped shirted girl with the like shoulder strap microphone unit is guiding the people through the tunnel when shit goes crazy there and they all start running down the tunnel, you notice that, oh, it's a dolly shot and they get to the end of the dolly shot and you just see the dolly, the beginning of the dolly way back in the frame. And there's even an actor who's like, been instructed to go to the right once the camera clears and you can see him stepping over the dolly oh track. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Gorley's look out for this. A gloft. A real gloft. I love that. I love that whole- um, A dolly dolly. When the, that woman who's, yeah, with the group and they're yeah. getting trapped in the thing. That to me, again, because it's universal, just feels like the most like earthquake I know style it did. and I know I can put down my finger why I think it is it's because there's no main characters in that action yeah. most Jaws movies when like something's right. going down it's a character you these are just like nobody crowd terror crowd yeah. terror it's yeah. yes it's anonymous crowd terror which is its own scary thing like which you just lived <laughs> I did Newark airport was yeah. its own crowd terror uh but yeah, to see those actors. I mean, it's again, it's it's background actors who are having to act a very like intense scene. So the one I noticed, like when they're like the water's getting cold in that closed off room and it's filling up with water, like what actor is just really trying to let you know that he's cold. <laughs> but I, I like it. It's a that it Disaster to an anonymous crowd is its a its own it, pleasure. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what's the big the the shark starts attacking the tunnels? Um, when that severed head kind of flows up, you you n- mentioned that up to the yeah. glass. I noticed they went out of their way to show have a close up of that person who was looking through the glass having a hand shove up against him against the glass, which I thought was not. Oh yeah, that yeah, a person gets shoved up against the glass like they're being sandwiched in there. That was weird, (laughs) really weird. Uh, It was like of all the shots you were trying to grab, you needed that hand in the back. (laughs) Um, The uh, then they go and they see Shelby's body. Bug crawls out of his mouth. I did like how his arm has like the skin ripped off it. Yeah, Um, I love. That lounge bar with the big tank that um, Calvin takes the people to, and they're sitting down. Uh, and then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, it, I like that trope of when somebody has to interrupt with bad news to the person in power. It's always in a setting where the person is like, oh yes, that's has right. the most to lose, and yes. like the, it's the most immaculate setting is in the middle. Like, and so the priest says, <laughs> "What is it? I'm busy." <laughs> Can't you see? When the people come in, they're always like wet. (laughs) Yes. Like Ghostbusters movies have these scenes too. They're like, no, you don't understand. You got to get out there. Please, please, please. I'm trying to have a fancy dinner. Uh, um, Our shark, when they're talking, they say, this is how they get Calvin on board. Our shark couldn't have killed Overman. It was his mother. Yes. The mother is inside the park. Yes. So that was where we got the definitive. Our shark still has all its teeth. Why? Oh, right. Because a great white loses its teeth as they mature, I guess. Um, do they have a, a shark tooth fairy? They gotta. 
put your tooth under this clam shell. You're gonna I think you're going to say claspers. Under claspers. your claspers. Look at the size of his claspers. This is a kid? Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, would love to meet his daddy. I like the um, POV of the shark approaching the guests in the fancy lodge and like going at them. You see the people in the in the yeah. lounge behind the glass like freaking yeah. out. And also you hear their voices are kind of like echoey and distorted, like how Jaws is hearing them. Oh yeah. Thought that was very cool. Um But my favorite part, yes, is when Michael is flipping out and running around and just screaming at people oh, for God. I don't know what he's trying to get them to do. That's I mean, when he crashes into all those hard shell shamu strollers. Oh yeah, on his little. Buggy. I thought those were just baby shamus. <laughs> oh my god! I was like this guy's a monster. <laughs> they really don't care about those things. Um, and then the bumper boat accident. God, where it's kind of weird. Like shark jaws comes along and he lifts. He comes up out of the water, like pushing them up out of the water. And Leah Thompson gets like a bite. Yeah, it's not clear at all. Also, that large guy, he's really out to get them. That he's the one that bumps them twice. Oh yeah. What? But then like these sharks aren't good at like finishing the job. They get like so close. No. They're willing to identify the bumper boat that the person's in, but then they can't just open up their mouth. I think because they're also kind of like Look, we've been answering the electrical call to get vengeance so many times now, and all that happens is the sharks end up dying. So I don't, I don't know that I want to piss these humans off so much anymore. This is like 1972 of the draft. Yes, people are like, "Am I really going to go? Come on, man, are we still doing this? It seems like there's only like 20 minutes of this movie left over. I have to go to <laughs> Vietnam. I got no beef against these guys. Uh, the, good eating. Uh, I like Calvin has a pretty good off mic about face what is he d- what he's like talking to the people in the park he's like uh just find your local exits and walk to them oh, yeah, safely yeah, and then yeah. he goes off and he goes <laughs> get that get, get out of here yeah. and then he goes as my nephew or whatever it is oh, he did says you that? notice that yeah that guy's nephew nephew like if you want to work here anymore i can't remember what it is but uh well then there's other people who work there like the the redhead nerd who addresses the media. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, I'll tell you information when I hear it. Yeah. The press secretary or whatever he is. Why couldn't that have been Calvin? That seems like that should have been Louis Gossett Jr. I don't know. I don't know. Because he, he, he's talked to the media before. This big pivotal scene has left this like yeah, or, pasty nerd. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to say, I was surprised. I thought the way the um, two guys were talking before they went under, that it was going to be the Aussie who died because he was the one who was having reservations. Yeah. And usually it's the person who's like, I don't know if we should be doing this. Yeah. It's the person who gets it. I don't think this movie's paying attention. (laughs) I think everybody's doing a little bit. Because he got it. And remember when he gets it? It's inside the mouth of the shark. Forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we haven't seen that in a no, Jaws movie No, I know. That was yet. pretty cool. But what is going on with Jaws that's just like, this is too hectic right now. I don't have time to swallow. <laughs> yeah. It's like he gets him past his teeth 
hole and then just munches on air. It's like a lollipop, Tim. It's hard candy. Like it's I like always chew these too quickly. I gotta, give, I gotta give it time. He's sucking on the back of it like a lozenge, so it'll get smaller, yeah. and and then he'll go crack. He'll break it down. <laughs> um, but the, when the Aussie comes up and he's like, "There's a part where the worker next to him goes, I don't understand,' <laughs> and I thought it meant like your accent, yeah." Slow down. And I don't understand what we're doing here. Cut. Is an extra allowed to, like, am I the only person that that's seeing this as horse shit? <laughs> the director was like, you know what, though? That I don't understand was, it sounded pretty good. So let's just use this I don't understand. <laughs> sounded very real. Um, now, I gotta say, when they go down to this final, to do this final like mission of pushing them out of the yeah. tube, if you're going to have your one of your heroes, Michael, be underwater, have some close-ups of him every no, once in a while. No, not necessary. Don't worry about I it. I couldn't know. I was like, I no. guess that's Michael over there. I couldn't even tell you, honestly, who was sitting in the mouth of Jaws by that point. Yeah. I really... I know. This movie actually did push me away at times. Not because it was vile or offensive it was just something about like an it undercurrent was undercurrent of yeah, water yeah it was, it was like anti-charisma this movie yeah. it wasn't enjoyable bad it wasn't good so it was like just kind of boring at times except when they were doing the theme park shows yeah you're you're connected to like what i'm saying which which, which was the like the commitment that the actress from the mom from my so-called life who played Kathy, Oh, uh, her commitment was the thing that could pull me along, which is so sad because I wasn't getting enough, like what you're saying of it being trashy enough to be fun or just good enough to be good. Yeah. I got so disconnected at times that I was like, Hmm, what would it be like if I wrote my notes (laughs) left-handed? And so look, ah. look, claspers, male, and 3D shot are two that I did left-handed. And it looks like claspers, mate, 3D shot. Now I do them on my phone, so maybe I should see like, what if I type these out with like my pinkies? Yeah. <laughs> to see the difference. In fact, I don't even have any more notes except for the end explosion shot when we, when, whenever you're, yeah, you oh, take no, us that, wherever you need to go until. No, uh, just. Some stuff that I did think looked cool. I like seeing somebody weld something underwater. Yeah, that's always fun. That's really cool. Um, I love the shot of when the when they're in that tech room and the glass breaks and you just see it for that real fill up with water. Really scary. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. If yeah. a movie could be on that level the whole time, they'd have something. I thought, yeah, I thought that was good. Um, uh, oh, and then that shot I talked about earlier where there's, you see the underwater model of Jaws with a guy in his mouth and he's getting chewed up and blood coming out. Um, I thought that was great. But then, oh my God. Yeah, the explosion. How could you think you could end your major motion picture with this like... Shark dentures? Shark dentures. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. And then it it's telling me like, oh... Is the M. Night Shyamalan twist here is you thought this movie was a comedy the whole time? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm asking. It's, yeah. And you can tell when, like, a movie is 
doesn't have all of the goods, but yeah. like they were slow mowing everybody's single reaction. In post too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that weird kind of flickery slow mo. To to like build up like it's like when a comedian has a well, even people with good sets do this, but they'll go before their last joke, okay, well I'll leave you on this. Which yeah. is like code like give me a bigger laugh because yeah. this is the last joke. Yeah. That was like the equivalent with the slow motion like thing. It was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I know this is going to suck, but it should read as poignant to you. <laughs> yeah. Don't think the dentures are funny. They're poignant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I like that guy's hand was holding the grenade inside the shark. I know. <laughs> it's pretty weird. They did, Now you're making me wonder if they did think that was pointing of like a great white shark untoothed what could be more ironic just three i mean it did seem like when i saw those come up i was just like oh they're doing literal jaws oh yeah it's just like you saw this movie jaws and now here are jaws we you you paid for it we delivered you can't sue us we gave you jaws <laughs> And then somebody's like, but there were only two Jaws. I was promised Jaws 3. <laughs> uh, the um, Also, like, I, just when I refer to him as Jaws there, these movies are a little hampered by they can't ever go like, let's kill Jaws. Because they don't know he's called Jaws. Yeah. yeah. They just, they only ever say it as like a body part. Yeah, it is. Like, I think it is like the something. shape yeah. and Jaws. But wouldn't it be great if they were like, you're telling me we're dealing with the child of Jaws? I know. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they will in Jaws 4. I hope so. Well, well should we rate you, this yeah, son of a bitch? What's going to be your best kill here? Boy, oh boy. Um, I think... Oh, I, I know. I guess I got to go. My favorite kill, when, I, when it happened, I was like, oh, this is it. Um... I guess, uh, yeah, that person getting chewed up at the end. I wish I knew who it was. But... <laughs> I'm going to go with Jaws. Just the big, big red bubble. That's good. Jaws. I mean, it's stupid, but. That's perfect. So you're, what would I write that down as for your guy? Person? Oh, let me find a more definitive one. You don't uh, have to. The thing was like, Jaws a lot is like when the, the. The people, the skiers, the skiing pyramid, he yeah. never killed them. Like No, he they, never did. That was really so disappointing. It's like a weird thing to like build up to. Um Oh, I'll just say that the British guy Oh yeah. Seeing um, him inside the mouth, inside the mouth was cool. Yeah. Also, um, as long as we're you know, well just reminding me that I had a little bit of regret about um how I um not talked about this movie, but on the previous episode now, Jaws 2 hasn't even, we our episode on that hasn't even come out. No. We, it was Jaws At the 2. time of this recording. Yeah. yeah. And then we took a day off and then we came back and we talked about Jaws 3 today. Yeah. So I, I don't even know how people felt about the response with what we said on Jaws 2. But if you're a Freddy Krueger fan, I just want to say we love you or I love you. We love Freddy. There was that question where it was like, what was the hardest part two to make? Oh yeah. And by the end we were just like, and Freddie, they can make up whatever I fucking know. shit they want. And I was like, if I was a Freddie fan, I would yeah. be like, no guys. I know. I do feel on. we a- give short shrift to the poor Freddie fans in this podcast. So with that, we in- see you and we, yes. So with that in mind, I did want to say 
you're the most creative of the franchises we've gotten to see. Mm -hmm. You take, you do the most inventive things, Freddy movies. You're the funniest of the monsters, mm. Freddy. We love you. Yeah. Freddy Krueger movies. Freddy Krueger movies. Now, you sleep tight. <laughs> Good night. Tomorrow, we'll take you to the, um, the video game you could go inside of. Yeah, and don't dream about yourself. Don't what? <laughs> yeah, what happens when Freddy dreams about himself? Uh, oh, man, Inception. <laughs> All right, out of 13, uh, I will remind you that we both gave Jaws a 13 out of 13, and then we gave Jaws 2. You gave it a 9. I gave it a 9.5. So as we go below sea level here. Boy, I'll say. Um... I got mine. I got mine. Okay. Can I say mine? Yeah. Four and a half. That's mine. Hey! 4.5. All right. Wow. wow. That's when you know you're doing something right. <laughs> Jaws 3. Yeah. You effectively made two people agree that you're yeah. a four and a half out of one to 13. You are so expertly a shitty movie <laughs> that there's no question as to your ranking. But I've also just enjoyed so far these Jaws movies because each one has allowed us to talk about a movie in a different way. I agree. How does one make a masterpiece? How does one do a serviceable retread? Yeah. How does someone make an abysmal flop? So what's the next one you think going to be? How does one make a an ex, a superfluous movie? Mm, Maybe that's good. Something like that. If if we right now we're like we don't think it could get worse. It's maybe like how do you out worse a terrible movie? Like for me it's unfathomable that it could be worse than Jaws 3. Is and, this the biggest gap between Jaws movies or is it two and three? Because it also could be like they're trying to make a comeback. Good question. The biggest gap I think was Jaws two to three because oh. it was 75, 78, 83, 87. This is not a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. I won't. Yeah. Because it's not. <laughs> it's a go It's a go farther. Um, but as far as Jaws, the revenge stuff goes, I remember the first death. I like that poster mm -hmm. with the boat and then like a perfectly like upside down V-shaped Jaws head popping up out of the water in front of the mast. I will say real franchise cred to the way they've kept the posters consistent through all these many years. Yes. And in many ways, I'm most excited to see this movie because I've never seen it. And I've seen, I love Jaws the first, but I've seen it many times. So I'm really yeah. excited, good or bad, I'm excited to see this movie. Like, I think I would have enjoyed Jaws 3 more if it was the first time I was seeing it, maybe. Yes. Although I remembered next to nothing. No, me too. And I, I did peak. There was two, there was a uh, an American edit and an international yeah. ending. And I did watch the comparison of those two. Already? Uh, yeah. I will too. I will too. But I guess I'm going to watch whatever is the standard version they offer first. Yeah. Well, it's... What you'll see is Jaws dropping. Oh, it boy. Is. Uh, I won't even say. Okay, just, I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll see you next week. Okay, yeah, see you next week for Jaws 4, The Revenge. Bye-bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. 
with Corley and Russ theme song by me, Matt Corley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Corley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.